0: And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the Bat Around. Guys, take it away.
1: And welcome in on this Kentucky Derby Saturday. And if I'm not mistaken, it's May fourth. You're right. Two thousand nineteen. That's the voice of Craig Heist. You're listening to the voice of Stan the Fan. And together we are your bat round crew. And uh, look at us. Look, look I don't know if the camera's picking this oh, up. Oh it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. He, every, he, he wouldn't know what to do without her here, and we're in big trouble and next we're, week. <laughs> we're going to find that out next yeah, week. Exactly. Huh? All right. Now, Ryan McGinnigan is uh, handling things.
2: Better get used to this face, Dan. <laughs> it's going to be that's, around for a long time. That's an, ominous, <laughs>
1: that's an <laughs> ominous way to greet the show. All right. Ryan McGinnigan. Sitting next to Ryan McGinnigan is the lovely and talented Brittany Everett on her way out the door.
2: Yes. Well. she
1: loves her job, though. She does. She did for three weeks. And from <laughs> no, what I I'm understand, kidding. no, no, <laughs> she
2: loves her job. And from what I understand, it wears her out. Yeah, that's. It. There's no question about that.
1: So. Uh, anyway, we are here for the battle round, Craig. This is what we've got today: Todd Karpovich, Orioles beat writer, ten twenty, beat writer for Press Box. Mel Antonin, part of the Masson Mid Atlantic Sports Network, uh, Middle Atlantic Sports Network. In the Middle Atlantic Sports Report, Uh, Mel Antonin will join us at 10.45 at 11.20. We're going to find out the future of Section 336. Okay. Josh Soroka will join us. And uh, don't don't worry, not leaving the show, but interesting uh, change of life. And we'll find out what the people in the uh, cheap seats are thinking about our Baltimore Orioles. And then at 11.35, we stay in touch with... uh, Sports consultant, uh, someone who has worked in all four major leagues, the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball, and he's a sports consultant now. Andy Dolich from the left coast will talk about the uh, hidden ball trick Mm -hmm. uh, of the ownership of the Oakland A's, how they're trying to uh, uh, pivot. They're trying to actually use the development of the old Oakland Coliseum Area, uh, teri- uh, territory, right. or property, that's the word I want, to fund the fact that they will pay for the Howard Point Terminal uh, Stadium, which is in downtown Oakland. So right. we'll talk to him about that uh, during the show. Uh, Craig, um, first things first, let's start, even though we're in Baltimore, originating this broadcast, let's start with the Washington Nationals. All right. Uh, not a good home stand. They, no, they win two out of six. I believe it was yes. so two and four against the Padres and the Cardinals. They go on the road. They're literally nursing a two to one lead late into that ball game, and uh, the bullpen uh, this time a new face, Stan Jennings, gives it up.
2: Well, he gave it up, but probably shouldn't have been in the ball game because Jeremy Hellickson. And thrown in the vicinity of 80-some pitches. Uh, had been around. Had been around, but again, twice. third time through the lineup. Right. And that's when the analytics are telling you to pull, pull your pitcher. And this one you can lay, to me, squarely on the shoulders of Dave Martinez. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the analytics of it and everything else. What so.
1: happened because... They, it, it's interesting. Who was the number eight hitter? Was it? Or it was Carter Keboom? Seven. He was the seven hitter with the pitching slot batting at nine, at eight. At eight, right? Okay. So it looked like Helixson was
2: going to come to bat there, depending what happened with uh, Carter Kibum. I'm assuming, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, to, to get to the, the the nuts and bolts of it, Jennings walks Harper. Right. And then. Uh, or, or I'm sorry, Harper has walked. They bring Jennings in to pitch to Reese Hoskins, and uh, they didn't make the switch to go righty on righty. And Hoskins hits a three-run homer to basically go from a two-one lead to a four-two deficit, and that winds up being the final score of the game. So, yeah, it uh, struck
1: me as odd when I saw that Hoskins hit the home run yeah. and the right the right-handed batter Hoskins against the left-handed pitcher. When now I when mean, previous when when Hellickson was due to come to the plate. Suero was warming up,
2: right, and and overall, I mean, I think Dan Jennings is a, a really good pickup for this team, right. I do and too, this, and this bullpen, but uh, again, it kind of blew up in Davy's face last night, and this is coming off the heels of the organization firing uh, Liliquist, their pitching coach, right. And to me, I was asked on our station last night, or on yesterday in the, in the midday. Uh, what I thought of the move, and I uh, to me, it was just somebody had to go. So it was Liliquist, Uh and and I think if this thing starts to go really south, and what I mean by really south is
3: they're, they're double as-
2: digit double digits out of first place, right? Then you're going to see Davy Martinez out of here, and he won't survive the year. Yeah,
1: well, I don't think Davy Martinez is going to survive the next twenty days, and I got to tell you something with three. No, uh, well, uh, well, uh, hold on, That's hold on, true. hold on a second.
4: That's
2: not true. And here's why it's not true. Okay. It's because that means that the learners would have to admit they're wrong. And by by not bringing Dusty, Dusty Baker back, back. Right. right, okay, and 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 paying him what Dusty Baker should have sh- gotten. Should have gotten, right. Uh so, or paying Bud Black what he should have gotten. <laughs> well, regardless of that. Yeah. But here, here that's to me the bottom line. Well, you know, is why
1: Martinez will survive because they won't admit yeah. they're wrong. And
4: I, that's
2: why Lelequist got fired. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, well, uh, you and I are saying sort of the same things. Um uh, here here's the problem with waiting until you're double digits out of first place, mm-hmm. Craig. Then you may as well not fire him for uh, during the whole season because if you get double digits behind the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves, well, and they won't be double digits behind all three, but you get
2: my point. You're not jumping over three teams to win the you, division. You're right, but on the same, by the same token, I still don't think anybody's going to s- separate themselves and run away with this division.
1: I think the way the Phillies and Mets are pitching right now, there's a possibility they could. Well,
2: the Phillies still have issues with their pitching, and that's going to rear its ugly head before long.
1: All right. We will see. Uh, speaking of rearing ugly heads, the Orioles... She's uh, leaving after this <laughs> I didn't say uh, that, Brittany. Sorry, I didn't I just... say that. Speaking, Hi, Ma. <laughs> speaking of which, we are broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel Studios, That's which we right. do every Saturday with the bat around because it's live in the Live, live Casino, Casino Hotel, Hotel Studio because it right. says it right there on the wall. Uh, Orioles, uh, speaking of uh, ugly... Uh Dan Straley, um, you know, who was brought in to kind of put a put a sort of a solid uh, pillar in in a less than a stellar rotation. Again, he can't even get out of the fourth inning.
2: Well, he couldn't, but I mean, his, his downfall was high, hanging a slider uh, last night to Zanino, and he hits it out, and that makes it a four nothing lead at the time. And that you know, with the way uh, it was one the way Glass now even- was pitching. Uh, the Orioles weren't going to score runs last night. There was just no way.
1: All right. The good news, they 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 continue on a stretch of seeming to find some guys that can can work in the middle, you know, uh, after yeah. Enoa the other night in Chicago pitched three shutout innings. Jeffrey Ramirez pitched, what, four and a third, and I think he gave up one run.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah, and – uh uh, well, was it one or two? I think it was two runs. Two runs last night. But he pitched well. But he pitched well, yeah, and, and he really kind of picked up the slack uh, for Brandon Hyde, who even said after the game, he says you got to give Jeffrey a lot of credit for, for doing what he did uh, be, because that's the quickest way against a real good team in the Rays that you can blow your bullpen out and not have them for another two days and you're in a stretch where you're playing every day on this homestand. I, I do believe so. From that standpoint, uh, Jeffrey Ramirez Yeoman's work last night uh, to do what he did in 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 saving the uh, Orioles' pen.
1: No question about it. The uh, same two squads will go at it tonight, at weather seven. permitting.
2: Oh, tonight is one of these weather. Oh, nights. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to get hammered tonight. Really? Yes. Okay, so maybe I won't go. About to two the game two tonight. to three inches of rain and and severe weather in the area. How about tomorrow? Uh, should be out of here probably by about. Noon, so, so we'll get the game in I tomorrow. I think you'll get the game in. It may even be delayed starting tomorrow. But the, the, the most of this is supposed to be overnight. But there's wow. a good chance of thunderstorms and heavy rain.
1: Well, I'll tell you, with the Orioles, it's unfortunate. The, if it's not for bad luck, they wouldn't have it. Tonight's their first sort of major promotion. Yeah. The, 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 uh, Star Wars night. Star which Wars. Which probably, you'd get 20,000 people there if the, if they said we're going to have a Little League game and we'll have Star Wars night. You'd probably get 20,000 people there. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Yeah. And uh, last By night. By the way, last who, night was that was in that, who was that in that Facebook picture with you? I couldn't uh, figure and, it out. Uh, well,
2: somebody somebody said Darth Vader, so I said, yeah, that was probably right. <laughs> <laughs> you two guys are pretty creative, you well, and Mr. Ginsburg. Did. And, and that, that looked like the bottom Gins, of the barrel, though. <laughs> just, I walked over to him, and I said, are we doing it? And he goes, no. <laughs> and I go, come on. And he yeah. said. Yeah, all right, let's do it. So then he pulled it right down over Damn, his face. Right at
1: the last second. <laughs> all right, anyway. Uh, what is that thing? That's a
2: hat that they're giving away it's, tonight? Yeah, it's 88. What? Who knows Star Wars? What is it? It's BB-8. 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 Yeah. That
1: He's like
5: for, a little ball that rolls around. Is that
2: Cal Ripken, BB-8? No.
5: Baltimore
1: no. Baseball 8?
5: No, but that's clever.
2: Yeah. But So anyway, you know,
1: like
5: I
2: said in the post, I know nothing about Star Wars and who is this guy to my left. Right, all right.
1: By the way, uh, not only are we broadcasting from live Casino Hotel Studios with the bat around every Saturday from 10 to 12, but we urge you, if you've joined us via Facebook Live, which you can, uh, in case you're listening, you can go to facebook.com slash Sports, and the key thing there is to like and to share the broadcast, right. all right, because yeah, that absolutely. helps us build up our audience. So, so
2: right now, the Nationals stand five under five hundred. They're five games behind the Phillies. What are they thirteen and eighteen? Thirteen and 18, 5 right. under five hundred, and uh, they're five behind the Phillies. So the Braves are two and a half behind the Phillies, as are the Mets. Right at this point, identical sixteen and sixteen records. Right, uh, but the the Nats last night was the first game of a three city 10 game road trip which takes them through Philadelphia, Milwaukee and then the last four against the Dodgers in LA. And then they, they have... and with the last night's loss they are now 1 in 10 in series openers this year. Wow. So when when the whole idea is to basically Try to win as many series as you can. Yeah, losing you, you, ten he, out
1: of eleven uh, series openers makes that you, very hard.
2: puts you in a terrible position to try to win series.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to go on record. I was one of the first to. Uh, I, I go back to last year when I would watch Dave Davy Martinez on his uh, post game shows. Mm-hmm. Look like a deer in the headlights. He's more relaxed this year, but but I feel like. Like running my well, – you know, it's don't just like a lot of um, – he spoons out an awful lot of pablum. And I, and I don't, don't mean – because I don't dislike him. I don't know him. I don't dislike the guy. seems like a pretty nice guy. But I don't see a leader there.
2: Well, and, and again, that's probably the biggest knock on him. And and it comes from a lot of, uh, a lot of different perceptions if you watch him daily. Right. And are around him daily. Uh, and the, the word I hear more than anything else is conviction. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like he's not convicted into, you know, what he's doing in terms of, in other words, showing it outwardly, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, Maybe I don't, not I don't demonstrative any, well, enough in exactly, his beliefs. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't have any doubt about his baseball knowledge or what he wants to do. I'm sure he's fine with that within himself. But... He needs to display that a little more.
1: Look, I don't know exactly his post-playing career, but to me his post-playing career consists of the fact that Joe Madden really liked him and sort of gave him a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. But it's very different running a team than just watching a a, a guy we
2: admit is kind of a genius at managing run a team. Well, and that's the whole thing. When you're the guy. Yeah. Uh, and you have to take on the responsibility of when to make the pitching change. That's all on you now. Yep. Uh, And and you can have sat there and watched Joe Madden do it for how many ever years he did, down in Tampa and out in Chicago. But until you're the guy feeling that kind of heat, and then you have to deal with the media – See, as the bench coach, you don't have to do that after a game. No, no. Right.
1: You see Joe afterwards grabbing a beer and going, boy, that was tough, you know, had to answer those questions. But, you know, speaking of non-conviction or the fact that he's not convicted in his beliefs, I just don't understand how you go from warming Swero up Mm -hmm. to, like, Three minutes later, having Dan Jennings face well, and wh- Reese
2: Hoskins. Well, and one of the things you hear, one of the criticisms you hear of Davey is how he handles the bullpen in terms of guys getting up and down. Right. Uh, you, you've heard that argu- you, you've heard that disappointment argument, if you mm-hmm. will, from the, from some of the guys in the pen as well over the last couple of years. So. You know, you're I mean, following what my
1: question is. Yeah, though. you've got you got a potential in the top of the eighth to possibly score a run. Right. You've got Williams. And to do that, you would need to pinch hit for Jeremy Hellickson. You go from that to keep striking out the innings over to I turn the Oreo game back on, and then I look up three minutes later. It's 4-2. It's 4-2, and I'm going, What happened? that swearo must have given up, and Suero's
2: not even in, in the, the game. game right. All right. And so. You, so you go with that, and then, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, can, you cannot uh, – Davy's in a tough position because – Right now, there is no Rendon. There is no, no Turner. S- no Turner. There is no Soto for the last three games. Right. And, and now no you're Zimmerman. hoping. And, and now there's no Zimmerman. And there's too. no Zimmerman. But you're also hoping that this Soto thing with the back spasms doesn't turn into something like the Anthony Rendon or the Ryan Zimmerman, and where they're kept on the active roster for a right. while until they determine well. Now, now he had an MRI, and the MRI he came was, back clear. Came back clear and negative. But again, if you're still having those problems, and here you're talking about a 21-year-old, 20-year-old kid, who, if he's feeling something, is that not, not playing on his head a little bit right. or whatever? So again, this team's a mess right now, and they got to get it straightened out and get it straightened out quick.
1: Yeah, they they got whipsawed. They weren't playing particularly well anyway, and then they had sort of a mini version of what's happened to the Yankees, mm-hmm. and nobody's comparing it quite to that. But I think that, that all of a sudden things went from bad, Craig, to worse right. with this, this spate of injuries. I mean, it was terrible to lose Turner, but losing Rendon
2: and Zimmerman at the same time well, it's, really and it, hurt. And it's like Mike Rizzo says, you, you, two of those players are highly impact players. The yeah. other one just happens to be a veteran who, when healthy, is a good run producer. Yeah. You know, so. All right.
1: By the way, I, I don't know if you saw the video. We showed it on Masson last night. I was on the mid Atlantic Sports mm-hmm. Report of uh, Paul. Lam, what's his name? Paul Lamart, the the new pitching coach.
2: Oh, Ma- Le- Ma- Ma- Menhart. Menhart. Yeah.
1: I I turned that around. Yeah. I'm Paul Menhart. Did you see the video? He was told, and I'm not making fun. Look, when you're making a change, it's it's never always just very smooth. Right. He he admitted to the media. I was told three days ago, I was walking my dog at night. Yeah. And I, I'm talking to my dog, and the phone rings. And basically, he says, I'm due to leave the next morning to fly down to Florida to work with Trevor Rosenthal. Right. Who, to me, is the biggest problem this team has is Trevor Rosenthal. If he were having the kind of season you thought he would, I think things would be fairly – Yeah, think they'd but, be- but you're
2: talking about a guy coming off injury – you're talking about a guy well, who— But they didn't pay him $7 million for, for that. I understand that. I understand that. But what they did do was get him into spring training. But but make- I
1: know all that. I just, let me just finish the point I'm making. He says, I'm due to go down to work with Trevor Rosenthal. And then he says, don't, don't do that. You're not flying to Florida. Right. He goes,
2: why not? He goes, well, you got the big job. Who's going to work with Trevor Rosenthal now? Well he's going to go down there and uh, I'm sure there's other people within right. the pipeline exactly. but I'd like to know who those people are. but but again you know they he wants to, they want to get Trevor Rosenthal they know he's healthy because right. of the velocity right they want him to figure out what's going on with the control and until they figure that out and until he figures it out yep. uh, this is this is Dude. not going to be a good thing <laughs> That's I mean there are guys it. in that bullpen and they've proven it over the last five days right. that they can get people out right. Uh, but their names aren't Trevor Rosenthal. But not, their names aren't Trevor Rosenthal. And, right. and the last game of the homestand, it took a 30-pitch effort and an inning and a third out of uh, Sean Doolittle yeah. uh, to get the job done and get them a win and hold on to a 2-1 victory.
1: All right. We've got on the horn with us right now is Todd Karpovich, uh, who covers the Orioles for PressBox and
2: PressBoxOnline.com.
1: Uh, Hi, hey, Todd. Hey, Todd. How are you? How we go, boys. All right. What's going on, my friend?
6: Yeah, well, tough loss last night, man. Really. Couldn't get anything going. Um,
1: well num- number one, Glass now. How great was he last night?
6: Boy, he really had some stuff, didn't he? Jeez it um, he was um uh, he said
1: quote
6: unquote, quote unquote, it was disgusting. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so they put that another one they' gotta put behind them quickly and try to regroup for today, but man, the oro has got get some pitching going.
2: It was disgusting, and dude <laughs> and dude pitched a great game. <laughs> yeah. so you tip got your, it up.
1: sometimes you just have to tip your cat. it's tip your cap. It's that simple. A dude pitched a
2: great game is a great yeah, quote
1: i li- like to, i'd like I'd like to
2: tip my cat. Yeah, I'd like to tip my cat off the side mm-hmm.
6: of the wall. <laughs> Man, tipped his tip golden sombrero. Yeah, he struck
1: yeah. out. He out four times. He struck out all four times. Uh, your thoughts on Straley last night?
6: Well, again, um, he's he's not he's not giving them He's supposed to give him innings, and he hasn't pitched past the fifth inning at any of the starts. Yeah. Um, but and, and again, he's given up uh, at Oriole Park. He's given up 15, 15 runs in nine innings, but they need him. You know, they just don't have the depth of pitching right now. And they're just going to have – they need him to eat innings. And he's not been able to do it, but he's going to get opportunities on the bright side. The Orioles only used one
2: pitcher out of the bullpen for the first time all season. Wow. So, that should bode well for the rest of the weekend. And and that was big time what Jeffrey Ramirez did last night. There's no question. Yeah,
1: he pitched really well. It was was a good good outing for him. No question about it. Um, With with Straley – Uh, Not with Straley, with the starting rotation, uh, Todd, and you mentioned he's going to get opportunities because the alternatives are not that much better. But they've got four quality starts, the lowest in all of Major League Baseball, four quality starts. To give you some perspective, there's about five teams in the mid-teens to 20 or 21, uh, including the Twins and I think the – the Dodgers but four quality starts doesn't that, doesn't that say that the Orioles should be a prime team to experiment with the opener
6: yeah you, they they tried
1: it for some reasons
6: just, well, just I mean what was
1: Nate Carnes, What them. was Nate Carnes the only guy eligible to open a game i mean there are other guys you could try Sean Armstrong opening a game or uh, you know and use a Noah and Ramirez as the middle guy you know. Yeah. They have
6: to they have to think out of the box because you're just not getting results and this thing gets spiraled down. Well, another thing is the home runs are, are astounding. They've given up seventy five home runs, which is twenty more than Milwaukee, which is in second place. And, wow. uh, and the home runs is not even just the home runs. It's like they're giving up three run shots. Yeah. You know, it's almost like the pitchers are trying too hard to get out of jams and they're making mistakes and, and batters are punishing them. And it's really it's really changing the entire complexion of the game. I mean, a three-run homer. This team can't play from behind very
2: well. It's 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 really killing them. It really is, and you know, it's it's and it's you go back to a couple of weeks ago, and know what that record of the team was when they scored five or more runs, as opposed to when they don't, and that tells you really all you need to know. Uh, if they're not scoring runs, they're not winning ball games because the pitching just isn't good enough to to do it. No, and they're three and
6: eleven at home. And what, is, yeah. what is going on with that? It's just you know it's a lot a lot of, lot, of, lot of things need
2: to be cleaned up and we're only we're only, or well, And, you know and I mean? we, got, we got a long way to go here. Well, you know, and Stan asked me earlier. He says how many cause Stan was not at the game last night. Uh one of the rare times that that happens. And and yet he said to me he said how many what was the attendance and I said 10,000. And, you know, tonight they're supposed to have their they're probably one of their you biggest know promotions biggest promotions of the year. right with the Star Wars and uh, I'm not sure the weather is going to cooperate uh, tonight, uh, but it'll be very interesting to see just what, what if anything, if there's an announced paid crowd, what that's going to be. But well, apparently, though, is down across the league. Um, yeah, yeah, I know it is. It's way down. It yeah. is. And, then, yeah. and the Nats are having problems, too, a little bit down down there. I mean, here's a team that averages, you know, usually around 26, It's below that right now, about 22. 24, Yeah, uh, but this, this week. In the, in, in the series that they had uh, r- over the homestand, you know, they were there were a couple of crowds of fifteen sixteen thousand. Really? 16,000 people. Really? That's yeah. very unusual. Yeah. Now, Huss,
6: let me ask you a question. and that's uh, find their pitching coaches? Was that a panic move, or did you see that was something
2: that he'd uh, done? Uh, well, Stan and I were discussing that a little earlier, and I, I it's said like – It's like we got to do something. We got to do something, so let's do this, and uh, – and, and I think it was a, a decision that was probably three or four days in the making, uh, but and, and so they wind up firing their pitching coach after a two-one win, and where Strasburg uh, strikes out nine or maybe it was eight, eight, and then he also and sets the fifteen, gets to fifteen thousand for his career, the fastest of anybody to do that right. innings-wise.
1: Uh, That needs to be be repeated again. Yeah. In terms of innings pitch, Steven Strasburg is the fastest ever in the history of the game to 1,500 strikeouts. That's pretty darn amazing.
2: Yeah, and when you stop to consider how many more he would have had he not spent the time that he has on the DL throughout no, his injuries. career at yeah, this point, yeah. well, but that's that's because I mean that doesn't change.
1: how many he's no, the fastest right. innings pitch. Uh, right, but 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 but, all, but it doesn't Im- imply that maybe if he was healthy more, he might have gotten there even even 50 more yeah. innings uh, sooner. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah
6: pretty amazing.
1: Teams are pitching. We're hey, the, the worst. Wa- I wanted to talk to you about something that manager Brandon Hyde did uh, yesterday, uh, and it's kind of interesting because during spring training, uh, it looked like Drew Jackson, a Rule 5 free agent, was going to be the guy that could rotate, rove around and play different positions and be your insurance if Cedric Mullins got off to a bad start. Cedric Mullins did get off to a bad start, and they went to veteran Joey Rickard in center field who, in my opinion, has proved really wanting in his ability to really cover center field efficiently? Yeah, you know, he doesn't have the arm either. Yeah, you know, he... Stevie Wilkerson was put in center field last night. And, look, he didn't get a lot of opportunities, but the one where he needed to make a throw, he nearly threw a pretty fast guy out at home plate. Yeah, and uh,
6: Santander can't play center field because he's yep. been a good guy to, yep. to kind of plug in there, but he can't do it. And now, right now I think he's just waiting for um you know they're waiting for um, Austin Hayes to get healthy. He's, like, he's
1: going to get a shot. I will you know? tell you, I will tell you this though before we we bury Cedric Mullins that Mullins has gone back down to Norfolk and, and, and hitting is, well. play, is hitting very yeah, well. Hit. And last night at one point in the game he was a double shy of a cycle. I don't know if he got that, mm-hmm. but no, uh, so. kudos to Cedric Mullins because when you are dominated and whipped up on like he was. It's easy when you get demoted to sort of sulk and be sort of a combination of bitter and confused. And wh- he's gone down, and uh, uh, you know he's a good kid. So we all knew that, and he's put the, he's put the work in, and he's got a little bit of confidence back. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he's dead to the world just yet. No, do we're not going to rush him back. I do think though, if Hayes. Would come back in a week or ten days to Norfolk, which is about the game plan. If three weeks in Mullins is hitting really well and Hayes gets off to a stumble, I think you could see Mullins up here mid-June again. Possibly.
6: Yeah, they got this kid Mason Williams too, who they got from the Yankees. Yeah, who's um, batting I think he's batting like 289, um and uh, he's batting, I think he's batting like 259 in 24 games. But he's at, he's out of options, so if he comes up, he's got to stay here. Right. Um, that, that's something
4: they have to weigh well
1: he's not a kid by the way he's st- he played for the yankees and cincinnati he's had three or four cups of coffee in the yeah. major leagues i i'd rather see stevie wilkerson i think uh get a week's try out there or something like that give him the at back yeah all right we're talking with todd karpovich todd uh what's the um what's the rotation look like the next couple days let
6: me take a look um well, look, we had Straley tonight.
1: Um, no, Straley pitched last is, night.
6: What's that? I'm sorry. S-
1: s- you said Straley tonight.
6: No, Straley last night. We saw Straley last okay. night. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have um, uh, Bundy. We got Bundy tonight and Means on the finale. Okay. And then the rest is TBA. I guess he's going to make a decision. The uh, Rays haven't announced the start for Sunday either. Right. Uh, tonight they got uh, – Ryan Stanick who's 0-1, uh, but he's got a 2.81
2: ERA.
1: And he's, he's an opener. He's an opener, so we'll either see Yanni Chirinas or uh, or uh, Jalen Beeks probably after that for three or four innings.
6: Yeah, he, exactly. He's an opener. Um, and then, we, of course, Bundy, he's went 4 with a 6.67 ERA. You know, we're, we're waiting for the light to go on there with him. Um, so, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's evaluation time for the Orioles, and – Some guys are making a strong case to be part of the future, and other guys are apparently more stopgaps.
1: Todd, one thing that changed over the last few days is the makeup of this bullpen with Ramirez up, Inoa up, the pickup of Sean Armstrong, and the promotion of Brandon Klein. It looks like they've moved on for the time being, from people like Yacobonis, Tanner Scott, and, of course, we know they've moved on from Mike Wright. But the yeah. early signs are that there is a little bit more stability with this group.
6: Yeah, I think I think I mean, that, that's gonna, that has to be key for him with, with, the, with the starters struggling because they get to get a good, soft bullpen. And, and you and I talked about that. We all talked about this before about guys knowing their roles. Yep. You know, and sort of, sort of helping them mentally prepare to go into a game. And I think, I think they, under, behind the scenes they're doing a better job with that because Brandon been asked about that yeah. numerous times. You mentioned. So I think guys are being more comfortable where they're being used, and they're
2: and they're starting to pitch a little bit better. You mentioned the uh, struggles of the starting staff at a little light moment yesterday with myself, Steve Maleski, and Luke Jones, who sit together right in the press box. We <laughs> like, Luke says, Luke turns to us and says, "Man." Hendricks yesterday, 82 pitches in a complete game shut out of the Cardinals. And I basically said to him, I said, well, you know, the, the Nats softened him up a little bit, <laughs> you know, in that last game. And then Molesky says, you know, Molesky, give him a lot of credit, the hard truth. He says, 82 pitches. He says, the Orioles starters throw that by the fourth inning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's they can't get out of the fifth. Yeah. Get that, that pitch count's killing them. Yeah.
1: How do you think uh, the manager's holding up through the first 33 games?
6: I, I, I think he's – my personal interaction with him, I think he's doing fine. Yeah. Some people are saying he's showing – he's starting to show a little wear and tear, but, you know, the thing is he's not under a lot of pressure to win. You know what I mean? He's – um, you know, he. I think he's got a perspective on this thing. But I think a guy who's been to the playoffs, you know, as a coach for a straight years, this is not a – this is not
1: a familiar familiar situation for him. let yeah, me ask no. you let me ask you a question We know we know what the club is okay we, we're not about to win a World Series but there's a huge difference if the club could win 60 games as opposed to winning 45 games okay yeah these wins these wins are few and far between. Did you guys have a problem Wednesday in Chicago with why after he hadn't pitched since April 24th? Michael Givens comes in, gets a twenty-pitch save in Game One. Why it was not even a thought to bring him in with a one-run lead in the ninth inning? Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you think I'm wrong for saying that? I
6: don't, I don't think so. But again, I guess again, you know, um, they have a plan.
1: I mean, but here's here's, he here's make, the point. Especially he, with, he, with an off day, with, with an I, off yeah. day and facing Glass now, right. I think you'd be pretty audacious to say, "Well, we really need to save him." For the off day and
2: Friday yeah. night. You don't yeah. figure to have a. And, and, the, and the other part about that is is not just Givens and, and, and bringing him in and using him in the second game of that doubleheader. The other thing that is perplexing to me right now is what is going on with Miguel Castro. Yeah, he's used yeah, all he's, over he's, the place. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. Um, Although
1: you know we say to pitch, he, I I can't fault Halley pitched. You know the results in Chicago were not what you wanted, but he did get one strikeout, yeah. and then he's got to get through. Uh, I just thought the letting Evan Phillips start that inning, uh, I would have had Michael Givens start that yeah. inning, and I mean, and, and, I, and I would have up taken. Runs as, 15 innings. What's that? I mean, the, Cash has given up fourteen runs in
6: fifteen innings. Yeah, I mean that's just. Yeah. That's not going to get it done coming
1: out of the bullpen. Well, the other thing was Cashner the other night. And, you know, give him credit. He's pitched well this year. But Wilkerson hits the three-run homer. And I said, we really need a shutdown inning. So, what does he do? Gives up a two-out triple, then walks the bases. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, walks yeah. Does, it's, it's stuff like
6: that. And that's the thing about – that's probably driving Brandon Hyde crazy, too. It's one thing to lose, but they're making some – you know, they're making just some dumb-headed errors. You know, a wind throwing a ball into center field and – um, some of the base running issues and, and just some of the technical stuff that they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're making mistakes. on. that's the stuff they have to clean up. You know, yeah. that's, that's the stuff they have to I, They can control that.
1: I did. You know? I did like uh, Brandon Hyde's answer though. You know, a lot of us either know it all fans like myself or media members like Craig Heist, we think, we think we know when a manager should be tough on somebody or we throw up our hands like the play Austin wins made in Chicago I really respect a guy who's strong enough in his leadership that he chooses his spots when to go over. I mean, Austin wins. We all know. We watched him play 60 or 70 games last year. He's a solid defender. He made a screw-up. He had a brain fart. To, To beat him up or embarrass him at that point in time is really not necessary. And Brandon Hyde said... And this is the difference, in my opinion, Craig, maybe with a Davey Martinez and a Brandon Hyde. He said the good coaches will always pick their spots when to talk to the player right, about a mistake. Right. Yeah. You know.
6: And a sure way to lose the clubhouse is to call a player out to the media.
1: You know, no apologize. question about it. No question about it. All right, Todd, we really appreciate it. Uh, I've got Andrew Stetka lined up next week, so enjoy your Saturday off. I'll see, well, I'll see you not you going go out of the park tonight? I'll be down there. I was planning to until I heard about this weather forecast. I, I'm not in the mood to just come down there and sit through a three-hour rain delay. Nor would I we got, want I him to. <laughs> but, you know, if I do come out and there's a long rain delay, I plan to plop myself next to Craig Ice. Well, I'm not going to be there tonight, so. <laughs> hey, by yeah, the way, bad. guys, uh, uh, just a couple other quick sports notes. Were you surprised that Carolina swept the uh, Islanders?
2: uh i i was very surprised by that which in turn makes the caps losing in seven uh look a little better uh, look a little better and the other part about that is it's just like i say this sport more than anything else you have to be good but you also have to have a lot of luck in this game is so much about bounces of the puck and how they go hot goaltenders tenders in the playoffs All of those things play into it. So who
1: will they play now, the winner of the Bruins? And Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, and uh, where's that series at, 3-2? I
2: think it's 3-2 Bruins. 2-2? 2-2 Bruins and Jackets. You a hockey Uh, fan? I am. Good. It's 2-2. I played hockey in high school. Did you really? I did. What position? I was a forward. Left winger. Well, left winger. You know, just look at his face. <laughs> don't have, have any teeth
0: lost. Huh? I don't no have teeth any teeth lost. lost. No teeth lost. <laughs> so I got that going for me. Right. Yeah,
2: you, do, you do. Those, you <laughs> Those do. caps look wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Um, also, uh, what, what was I going to ask you about? Had, lacrosse. We're, uh, we're getting, Rick, Navy we're getting fired the, their coach, Rick Solt. Who's Rick, that? Sorry. Navy? Navy fired their coach. Uh, so tomorrow we find out the uh, field of
2: sixteen, right?
6: How about UMBC knocking off number one Stony Brook? They got a shot to get in now.
2: What about um, Towson?
6: Towson, they, they, um, UMass got upset in the C.A. tourney, so they can they can they, they they're probably getting in. Because
2: um, you think Towson they'll win the
6: CAA, CAA now? Yes, I think they they will win the CAA now. Okay. They, um, Hopkins beat Maryland twice in five days. They're probably in. Loyola, um, they. They've gone from looking at a really high seat to uh, now it's like losing the Army is a bad loss for Loyola, and it also really shakes up the rest of the tournament because now Army's going to get in, it's going to take somebody else's spot. So Loyola me, gets in that large bid,
1: but so um, tell me real quick—I I, I did not follow it. I know that they had the big game last Saturday, Hopkins and Maryland. So Hopkins won that game and then beat them in the Big Ten tournament.
6: They turned around, beat them Thursday night in the Big Ten tournament.
1: Wow. Wow.
6: Two, two times in five days, and then they, of course, they got to play Penn State today, which is going to, Penn State's going to be the number one overall seed, no matter what happens.
1: And what time's um, that game?
6: That uh, game is at, the at, at 7.30, there's games all day. So
1: and that's at Penn, it's at Penn State?
6: And if, no, the, uh, that tournament is oh, at uh,
1: Rutgers. Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers yes. okay. And that's on, is
2: that on the Big Ten Network? Big Ten Network,
6: yep. All, oh. the, all the games are on
2: today. And, um, and who's, who's Penn State playing today?
6: They
4: play, they play Hopkins
2: Hopkins. All right, at Hopkins well, at Rutgers. We're, we're never more of a big Blue Jay fan today, then. All
4: right. Hell, yeah. All right.
2: Anybody but Penn State. Right. The
1: Yankees, North Carolina, Duke. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Not
2: Duke. They're, they're, all, they're all on the hate you list. Got the hate
1: list is the great list. That's right. Yeah. The hate in. list is the great list. That's why he hates me. You know? I'm like sort of the... the the Duke. Of- I hated you before you became great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there was an admission. There was an admission I became great in there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Todd, thanks a million.
2: Thanks, guys. I'll talk to right.
1: you. Big sports day.
2: Folks, he's a legend in his own mind. Yeah, that's right. Oh, by the uh, way, Ken Zalis. Yes. Uh, wants to remind me that I'm on his show tomorrow. No, well, that too. And also, uh, he has 7, 16, and 5 today. Uh, in the in Kentucky the Ken- in Derby? In the Kentucky Derby, which is uh, maximum security. Right. And then 16 is master fencer. Right and 5 i believe is, I said. Ken, go- is
1: improbable. Ken? is Ken going out to the track today i have no
2: idea didn't okay. say he just posted
1: uh-huh. his 3 do you know paul allen at all a little bit the the is he a broadcaster or he was just on a show on the fantasy channel huh? he he made a really good um and i'm not talking about the late paul allen no no no, no yeah you know this paul uh, allen yeah i know who you're talking about he really sounds like he knows horse racing he loves the number 8 horse in the derby and that's Conti, uh,
2: Contius. Well, Tacitus, 10 a 10-to-1 shot. What's his name, though? How would you pronounce it? Tacitus, I guess.
1: Yeah, Tacitus. Tacitus, Tacitus. okay. Okay. He said that he won the Wood Memorial after getting really banged up at the beginning of the race. Well, now, I have code of honor today, going off at 15-to-1. All right. Well, I had an uncle that passed away about five years ago, Will, my uncle Will. Mm -hmm. So I like War of Wills and Tacitus. Okay. Okay. Uh, Craig, speaking of bumping and getting jostled around, right? the Costas Inn. The Costas Inn. Friday we were, night,
2: you can get jostled around You can, good. because Rick Olligier and the Rat Pack was, Rat Pack was there last night. Uh, st- did you and uh, Nick sing? Uh, we did, indeed. You sang Born to be Wild? No, Born to Run. Born to Run. Bruce Springsteen. You should do Born to- "Born well, to be Wild. Well, yeah. That's a good song, yeah. too. <laughs> but, but Triantopolis would have to do that by himself. Right. All right. <laughs> But uh, Costa Sin, 4100 North Point Boulevard. Uh, it's just the best place to be. Specials throughout uh, the week uh, crab cake night on Monday, Tuesday, rib night, Wednesday is steak night, and Thursday is lobster night. You can get that stuffed or have it regular. Uh, last night, great uh, special on the menu I had was rockfish and shrimp, and it was fabulous. And uh, now another thing to make mention of is the fact that the, your summer months are coming in. There is now corn on the cob again at the Costa Will so they get Maryland crabs, too? I'm sure they point? will. Yeah. La- yeah, later, probably around August or so. You
1: know, there's another special you can see at the Costa Sin Whenever Craig Heiss is there, about an hour into it, you get to see Craig Heiss stuffed. Uh, oh, huh. Get it?
2: See what yeah, I did yeah, there? Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, poor, yeah, pretty
1: poor attempt at humor. But go ahead. Brittany thinks it's pretty funny, huh? She thinks it's pretty
2: funny, well, and that's Ryan why. And, thinks that, it's and that's consider why consider the source. Consider the source yeah. number one, and that's why she's never been taken out to the Costas Inn.
1: <laughs> Oh
2: for dinner. Are we taking her out to the
1: Costa Inn? Yeah, for we a might thank have you? to. We might have well, to. Thank you. We, we probably have to do that. At the I point don't know point. how she'd fit it in though with the work. Duties. I know. She's got and, such and a,
2: not to mention to be over there, and then she'd and be s- tired and stay awake at the bar.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> Hey, head! we're broadcasting from the Live Casino Hotel studios, but don't forget to head to the Live Casino Hotel for Fam- Family Feud Live Celebrity Edition on May 31st. That's right. Win prizes and play along with the Alonzo Bowden. Let, let me read that again. Win prizes and play along with Alonzo Bowden from Last Comic Standing and Brian Bumgartner from The Office. Tickets start at just $25 for one of two shows at 1 p.m. or 7 p.m. on Friday, May 31st. Go to LiveCasinoHotel.com and reserve your place now.
7: Around here, there are two kinds of chicken. Royal Farms' world-famous chicken and everything else. What's the difference? Royal Farms chicken is always fresh, never frozen. It's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices and cooked on the spot right in the store. Chicken from anywhere else? Who knows? Hungry for some hot and delicious chicken? Get some Royal Farms world-famous chicken. It's one of a kind. And don't forget the Western fries. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
5: It's a weekend full of fun at Oriel Park. May 11th, after the game, movie night begins with a special viewing of a league of their own. The first 20,000 fans get an exclusive There's No Crying in Baseball t-shirt, presented by United Concordia. On May 12th, bring mom to the ballpark for a special Mother's Day celebration. The first 20,000 fans 18 and over get a Mother's Day Infinity Bracelet. Two great events in one special weekend. For more information and tickets, visit orioles.com.
3: Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate at Camden Yards. Sliders Bar & Grill at 504 Washington Boulevard, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for every season. This is the perfect time to book your private party or take the office to lunch. Feeding clients? Take them to Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar Sliders for great food and drinks with some local atmosphere. You can book your private event on the second floor or on the outside patio, both overlooking the best stadium in baseball. See all of Sliders' daily specials or book your party at slidersbaltimore.com. Sliders, Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar. Visit them today.
0: One-third of crash fatalities in Maryland are due to impaired driving. Don't be a statistic. Be legendary. What does it mean to be legendary? It means always making a plan to choose a sober driver or be one. Never drinking, then getting behind the wheel. Making sure to get a ride for yourself and your friends if needed. Always speaking up and taking the keys from an impaired driver. Remember, sober drivers save lives. This safety message is brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation. Visit
8: BeLegendaryMD.com. As the weather heats up, the menu at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square cools down, introducing the all-new Frosted Key Lime, a fun twist on one of America's favorite pies. The new treat is a hand-spun combination of Chick-fil-A's signature ice dream, Chick-fil-A lemonade, and natural sugar-free lime flavoring made from a blend of key limes, coffer limes, and Persian limes. Frosted Key Lime gets its green color from a mix of nutrient-rich ingredients. Download the Chick-fil-A app today, place your order, and get points towards free stuff at Our Chick-fil-A nottingham square plus if you order using your app your food will be ready when you get there stop by chick-fil-a in the nottingham square shopping center at 5198 campbell boulevard and tell steve we sent you
7: respect it's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army.
0: This is former Terp AJ Francis, just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruined the wrestling podcast
4: experience
8: for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster and from I The Bottom of Our Son and Rolling Stone, I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo, Roman Reigns!
0: Never wrestled for Ring of Honor, never wrestled for PWG, never wrestled uh... in Japan. He is no
2: Kenny Omega. Too sweet me, bro.
0: I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you on my list. This is your boy Y2AJ here to save
8: you. Find jobbing out the podcast tab at pressboxonline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes.
2: To the bat around, I am Craig Heist along with Stan a fan Charles, and we're trying to make our connection with Mel Antonin of Masson, and uh, he was at the ballpark last night to watch the Orioles 7-0 uh, shutout loss at the hand of the Tampa Bay Rays in which, uh, you know, from an from a offensive standpoint last night, the Orioles had very little chance of doing anything against Tyler Glass now who goes to 6-0 now and his ERA about 1.7. And I said to Mel last night when I was uh, walking through the press box, I said, Kind of makes you wonder what in the hell were the pirates thinking <laughs> that's a strange trade I mean yeah. look,
1: I know Chris Archer one time was a really attractive pitcher to acquire, yeah. and he's and he's done a good job this year didn't help them much last year, but they not only gave up they not only gave up Tyler Glass now they gave up Austin Meadows who was on his way before injuring he's his making finger. an impact he's yeah. had a
2: huge impact absolutely, then, you know. so I strange mean strange trade it's really making you making you wonder what they were thinking out in Pittsburgh, or if they just didn't think these two guys. Now, I mean, let's face it. Glass now, when he gets to Tampa, has just turned it around in terms of stuff, in terms of command, in terms of what he's bringing to the table each and every night for Kevin Cash, but... You, you talked to Zanuno last night, which I did. Right. And he was saying, he says, I'd put this guy's stuff up against anybody. Anybody. Right. Right now, the way yeah. he's going.
1: We're uh, joined now by Mel Antonin, uh, my partner in crime over at the Massin uh, Middle Atlantic Sports uh, Report show. Mel, how are you?
2: Good morning, gentlemen. I'm doing well. You're on with two gentlemen. I got to ask Fan. But I got to ask you. He says, partner in crime. Look, every time I look up, he's on TV now. Okay, I yeah. want to know, number one, how that happened, and number two, can you get me a new TV because mine doesn't work anymore. This is Mel's chance it's, to
1: stand up this, for me, this is... but he's not doing it. <laughs> he's not well, doing, doing it. it. No, I have no comment at this point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mel, we're talking uh, – Craig and I are talking a little bit about something that we've talked about, and Dave, too, on the show. Uh, it's pretty obvious – that trade, the the, the Rays made, uh, or pocket picking of the Pirates. What was Neil Huntington thinking in giving up players like that, two of them, for a couple of years of Chris Archer? <laughs> I, I think
9: he, I think the word thinking. I don't think he was thinking. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't think that's
9: an accurate question. I, well, from what I've heard from the Pirates is that when Glassnow uh, was was developing there. He just wasn't listening to people about needing to slow down his delivery. Okay. I think that was one of the big issues. that They wanted him to mechanically change his delivery. They were right, and when he got to Tampa Bay, he finally understood it. I think it's a classic example of a pitcher just just not listening. But he struggled in Pittsburgh. There was no question about it. But what 6'7", six, 6'8", six, pitcher doesn't struggle? It's usually hard uh, for a pitcher of that height to, to – refine his mechanics. But that, I think that's what happened Well, you, everybody I've talked to in Pittsburgh.
2: Well, and I talked to Zanuno last night after the game, and, of course, he hit the big three-run homer, which provided the separation uh, off of Dan Straley. Uh, but really, you, the, with the way that Glasnow was pitching last night, Mel, and I, and I think I even came to you and said – you know, what, the, what the hell were the pirates thinking? Uh, but with the way he was pitching last night, I mean, the Orioles stood very little chance of scraping anything together, but you talk to Zanuno he says, I would put his stuff up against anybody's right now.
9: Yeah. I mean, you can talk about guys that have that kind of speed 98, 99 mile an hour fastballs. You think of Nolan Ryan, but I saw Nolan Ryan a lot. I covered Nolan Ryan, but he was more like Randy Johnson, uh, the difference between Glassnow and Randy Johnson and Nolan Ryan is Nolan Ryan didn't have the the command or or any type of control that Glassnow or Randy Johnson have. Glassnow reminds me of Randy Johnson in that he had this incredible fastball, but he had incredible command, not just control, not just throwing it in the strike zone. He could he could put it where he wanted, and that's the definition of command, and that's what Glassnow is doing. He is he was unbelievable last
1: night. We're talking uh, to Mel Antonin. We're broadcasting live from the Live Casino Hotel studios. And I want to remind everybody that is watching right now on Facebook Live to please like the show and share the show. It really helps us out quite a bit. Mel, um, I know the Red Sox have picked up the pace, and I think they had to. Chris Sale pitched a pretty good six innings last night. They've won, I think, four in a row. But this Tampa Bay team... They're for real, aren't they?
9: I think they are because of their pitching. They're a good example of the importance of pitching. When you look at the when you look at the statistics, you realize that the Rays are in the bottom third in the American League in runs scored, but they lead the league in pitching, particularly with the rotation. And uh, yes, they can score runs. Yes, they have speed. Yes, they have power but it's the pitching that's carrying them. And that's just so important in baseball. If you have good pitching and defense, you can go a long way. You don't have to have the best home run hitting team. You don't have to have the most runs if you have great pitching. And that's what's going on with Tampa. They've used, uh, they've used the opener strategy nine times this year, nine times out of 32 games. I think, it's, I think last night was the 23rd game. That was started by a, by by an actual starting pitcher in the rotation, and uh, they've used uh, the opener nine times, which is do we know how many, for...
1: Do we know what their record is in those nine games? Uh, well, it must be pretty good because yeah. they haven't lost a lot of games. Yeah.
9: So, no, I Off the top of my head, I don't know for sure, but uh, you know, it's an interesting strategy, and it seems to work for Tampa Bay, but I don't see a lot of other teams using it. Let me let me.
1: Let me pose you the question. I know we got into it a little bit last night, and sometimes we don't have the time to go back and forth and back and forth. The Orioles have gotten only four quality starts. Is there any possibility that they that they could look to doing it using sort of Enoa or Ramirez as the second guy? Start a game with either a Miguel Castro or a Sean Armstrong. Try and get you know, one or two innings out of them and then go to somebody that can give you some length?
9: I think the, the opener strategy works only if you have three or four good starting pitchers. I don't think it's a strategy that you say, well, we're going to dump uh, the thinking that goes with the traditional rotation. Because if you do that, look how many pitchers you have to have. I think the, the important thing that Tampa Bay teaches about – about this is that you've got three good the reason ham doing this is they have three or there's a shortage of starters right but they're not trying to remake the rotation do you realize if the orioles went like this uh uh they'd have to use a lot of pitchers and i think it's more important for the orioles to establish a rotation than it is to st- establish an opener strategy I, I just i think i think it will create a lot more questions a lot more problems than they already have
2: well, let me turn the page and go down the, the road a little bit to the Nationals. And uh, they lose their opening game uh, to the Phillies last night, 4-2. to two, And I know Dave Martinez is taking a little bit of heat this morning uh, for, allowing, for pulling number one, Jeremy Hellickson, uh, when he was pitching a, a rather good ball game against uh, the Phillies. And I understand it was the third time through the lineup. And this is something that was discussed a whole bunch last year. About letting Hellickson go deeper into games, uh, but he wound up having a situation where Bryce Harper's walked, and then uh, the lefty on left uh, lefty on righty matchup uh, with Jennings against Reese Hoskins, and Hoskins makes makes some pay with a, th- uh, a, a home run that puts them ahead, and they wind up losing that ball game. Uh, they're one and ten in C- in series openers, Mel, uh, and they fired Derek Lilliquist earlier this week. I'm not so sure that if this thing doesn't go south real quick, and I'm talking, I said to Stan, like maybe nine, ten games out, uh, whether or not David is, is not the next one to go out the door.
9: Yeah, I'll agree. Uh,
2: he left Jennings in last night to pitch to
9: to Hoskins because he, the scouting report told him that Hoskins had trouble with left-handed sliders, and, of course, Jennings threw a slider and Hoskins hit the home run, so I think that's a legitimate second guess there that you bring up. The, the Hellickson thing is is totally bizarre because when you have a weak bullpen and you're taking a pitcher out because he's only been because he can't get through a lineup for the third time, that's a little bit too dependent, on my mind, in statistical analysis. Uh, and on analytics. the analytics,
2: right? Exactly. Yeah, I
9: think. I mean, I, analytics are important, but I think I think sometimes you have to go against analytics. And Jeremy Hellickson is a classic example of that, Craig, as you know, because there were times last year when he went through the lineup twice. I remember a time against Pittsburgh, he went through the lineup twice. He had sixty-one pitches through fifty innings, and they took or five innings, and they took him out. Right. I mean, come on, it, it, it's it's a little bit ridiculous to play that many statistics when you have a short bullpen. And then, as far as David Martinez goes, I agree. I think the pitching coach was a warning changing pitching coaches and get rid of, get a, getting rid of Derek Lilliquist was a warning to David Martinez. And it was a message to fans saying, we realize we have a problem. We're trying to fix it. I think it was more of a public relations move than anything.
1: What is the latest that we know? Speaking of the nationals on two of the key injuries. I mean, I'm assuming Soto will be back in, in the next day or two, but, but the Turner injury and the Rendon injury, the Rendon injury has been the one that's really now seems like it's lingering. We knew Turner's injury was was going to take some time. But what's the latest on the two of them?
9: Well, it looks like Rendon is going to be back either the May 6th or 7th. That's the last I've heard. Craig might have a little more additional knowledge no, he
2: was, He's eligible to come off on the 7th, so that's Tuesday of this coming okay. week. Okay.
9: Yeah, so that, I think I think they're shooting for that. I don't think there's any reason to think that uh, he won't come back. And Turner's going to be at least another two weeks, maybe three weeks, and he's going to be out longer than um, than the Nats had anticipated. Well,
2: the, uh, they said four to eight weeks, depending. Uh, so if it is like another two, two and a half, three weeks, that would be the eight weeks. So. From that standpoint, I think it's probably erring on the side of caution to go probably higher with that mel than just uh, like like you like we're saying here two weeks, you know, because you want to make sure that finger's right before he maybe does something else to it.
9: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, they'll they'll start reevaluating. It's pretty hard to predict. Yeah. You know, you can only go by you know eight weeks. You you you, you identify when the eight week mark is, and then you go from there.
4: Right.
2: But I mean, you know. So when we want to second-guess, Davey, the other part about this is for as bad as it's been, and right now five under five hundred, five five games behind the Phillies with a road trip that's going through Philly, through Milwaukee, and in into, into Dodger Stadium at the end of it for four. Uh, this is just, to me, the pivotal part of the year for the Nationals. Uh, you know, everybody says usually about 45, 50 games in, you know what kind of a team you have. Well, they're going to know pretty much what they've got coming off of this road trip. Yeah. Oh,
9: yeah. That's for sure. Milwaukee. You know, they should be able to beat the Brewers because the Brewers' pitching is so questionable and suspect. But the Brewers' offense is uh, is very dangerous, and you know, so that that could be a problem in Milwaukee. We know exactly how good Philadelphia is, particularly at home. Philadelphia uh, is, is is played really well at home. Bryce Harper is. In, their average attendance from 25,000 a game in April to 36,000 and then when you play the Dodgers at the end of a trip at the end of a three-city trip that's even more daunting given how good the Dodgers are and usually teams don't play all that well in the third city of a of a three-game or or in the third series of a three-city trip so it's I agree with you Craig this is going to be a defining moment they could come back eight or nine out and that would be uh that, that that would be tough they yeah. got to at least finish five hundred
2: and, and you mentioned uh, the Phillies at home they're thirteen and six at home they're five and seven on the road so right now they've played uh 19 games at home not as many on the road so maybe the schedule uh, helps everybody else out in the division a little later on but uh, this is a division I still don't think where anybody's gonna run away with anything which for the Nationals is a good thing but they've got to start turning this around yeah well. <clears throat>
9: The Mets are starting to play better. They went through uh, their five-man rotation and got good starts from each of the rotation members. So they're feeling good now about Syndergaard and DeGrom. So that could be a warning sign for the Mets. The Phillies, Aaron Nola, who struggled in his first four or five starts, has pitched well in his last two starts for the Phillies. That's a bad sign for the Nats. Jared Eikhoff, who started last night, looks like he's going to be strong. Vince Velasquez seems to be... Uh, more stable than he's ever been, so it looks like the Phillies are getting a little bit on the roll. So the Braves, I don't know, they're just they're thin all the way around in their rotation and in their bullpen. But here's something I think that's interesting: the fact that the the, the Phillies have already played the Marlins seven times, uh-huh. uh, at least two series, and and played well against them early in the season. The Marlins' young pitching is growing by leaps and bounds. And by the time the Nationals play them later in the season, the Marlins might not be as easy to beat as they are early in the season, given the growth of the young pitching. Well, that could have an effect on the race too.
2: Well, yeah, and the Nationals wound up losing the series down there earlier this year already. And when you stop to think about Max Scherzer, now I don't think Max Scherzer's pitched all that poorly. Uh, he's one in four, but the team is one in six in the games that he has started. And I would argue that he's pitched well enough to have at least a 500 record, maybe above 500.
9: Yeah, I agree. He had that really bad start in Miami, which is very unsurred-like, but it's going to happen once in a while. And then uh, there's been a couple of times in the bullpen, let him down. I remember one time in particular, he left to the lead, and Matt Grace gave it up. So if you throw out the Grace game and you throw out the Miami game, Scherzer's pitched pretty well, plus Craig. The Nats have only scored three or fewer runs in five of his six starts. Exactly. They have a
1: lot of run support. Yeah. We're talking with Mel Antonin from Middle Atlantic Sports Network. And uh, Mel, we just got you for a couple more minutes. Um, did you, by any chance, well, I know you were at the ball game last night, so you didn't, but did you hear about the Reds Giants game last night? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I saw the box score. And, it was uh, wild. The Giants, the, the Giants trailed eight, nothing in this game. And, uh, it just amazing, uh, amazing. The Reds blew that game. The Reds at the beginning of the season, the general consensus with the Reds and as you know, was
9: that they were going to hit the cover off the ball. They were going to score a million runs and, um, but their pitching was going to be suspect. Well, it's actually been the other way around. They've got, Really good pitching, much improved pitching over the last four years, but their offense is is uh, in the dumps. Kemp isn't hitting, Soares isn't hitting, Votto uh, isn't hitting. They brought up their top prospect to play center field because they want to get the bats going. If the Reds could get any kind of offense going at all, they have enough pitching to make things interesting and make a huge improvement in the National League Central. But I didn't see the game; I just saw the box score, and I go, "Wow." That's I might
2: have to watch that. Uh, In terms of uh, the Nationals again, real quick, uh, this is what I I have a problem with with Davey Martinez. We, we, We talked about how he could have been questioned last night. But the other part about this is it is really tough to lay a lot of this on him when you are missing guys like Turner, like Soto, like Rendon, like Ryan Zimmerman, because as Mike Rizzo said this past week, you're, you're missing two of the bigger impact players around the league in Turner and Rendon, and you're missing Zimmerman, who is you know when healthy the, heart and, soul uh, of the, the club. heart and soul of the club and in terms of he can be a he can be a pretty good run producer for you.
9: I agree. I think you know when a team goes bad, the manager gets fired, whether. Whether it's right or wrong, but I think in Davey Martinez's case, Craig, and I think you'll agree with me, is that the players are still supporting Dave Martinez. Yes, and I think that's I think that's a good indicator that Dave Martinez is doing a good job. It's not his fault that Mike Rizzo put together a bullpen that hasn't performed well in uh, in the first month of the season. If the bullpen had been at least just average in April, they would have had a few more wins and 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 it would have been a lot better
2: shape. Yeah, they'd be they'd be at least five hundred, I would think.
9: Yeah, exactly. So I don't think, I think Mike Rizzo's roster construction and the ideas he came up with for the built for the bullpen should be more question than Davey Martinez's managing ability. But that's not how it works, you know. If they yeah, can yeah. the slide, Davey Martinez is the one that's going to go. Whether he's uh, whether he should or not, I don't know, but. <laughs> Right now the players are for Davey Martinez
1: and I think that's important. Well, they're one game into that 20 game stretch that's going to I think decide the future of Davey Martinez or at least the immediate future of Davey Martinez. Well, we appreciate your being on with us. I'll see you down the road uh, over there at Masson or maybe out at Camden Yards, all right?
9: Oh, that's be good. Thanks
1: guys.
9: Many Craig, thanks. If
2: you need a new TV. Craig, if you need a new TV, I got one for sale. All right, great. Great. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. That, w- that way I can watch something else at 5 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a second. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, then you don't see Mel.
1: You got to take the good with the bad. Uh, I don't right. see <laughs> All right. We'll see you soon, Mel. All uh, right. There you go. Mel Antonin of uh, Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, Matson. Uh, we are broadcasting live from the live casino hotel studios. Craig Heist and I are urging you to... If you're watching us on Facebook Live, take that extra second that we need for you to like the show and to share the show, okay? Right, Craig? Right, two clicks. Two two little two measly little, clicks little could, measly could mean clicks. millions of dollars to Craig Heist and I. Yeah, right. right. Um, we're going to be joined in just a second by a surprise guest because we got a little bit of an announcement to make uh, okay. here. And uh, we've got him there. We got the old left-hander on, Ross Grimsley. Oh! And Ross, uh, how are you this Saturday morning?
10: Wonderful down here in beautiful Ocean City. The uh, oh, I forgot. The weather down, is, down uh, Ocean
1: City, yeah.
10: It's a little overcast, but it's uh, it's quite warm. It's about seventy-seven degrees, and. Uh, Uh, Everything's looking good. Hopefully the rain holds off. they got a festival down here we're going to go to uh, here shortly. So uh, everything's
2: going going great. As a guy who lived down there uh, on the shore for nine and a half years, four and a half of it in Ocean City, I can tell you that the best time of the year to be down there is in the spring and then in September into October.
10: Exactly, because
2: all the people are gone. All the people are. Gone. You're
10: right. We're far enough away from the boardwalk and stuff that uh, it's. Not, we're down on Ninety Fourth Street. Yeah. Uh, we we don't have a place here. We know a lot of people that made the mistake of inviting us. Well, so when I, you invite the, when you invite the Grimsleys, they show
2: up. You know, you know the Ac- <laughs> the Acme store right there on Ninety Fourth Street. Yes, that, sir. Well, that yes. used to be an A and P and a Super Fresh, and I used to work in that store. And oh, is it beautiful. still is it still an Acme? It's an Acme now because yeah, yeah. I
10: think it is. Yeah, Acme out, still
2: exists. Yeah,
1: they I bought it out Superfresh. Yeah. Okay, all right, uh, Ross. We have you on just for a couple minutes because we've got some interesting news starting Tuesday morning. Correct. Absolutely.
10: Pretty pretty excited about it. Our first show nine o'clock. I think uh, you know we got some uh, a, a special guest lined up for uh, for Tuesday and. Uh, In the uh, coming uh, shows, we'll have some really uh, interesting people to give their views on different topics uh, baseball-wise. So I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a great time. Uh, And Like I said, we can discuss uh, several different topics. It should be fun. But uh, I think the big thing is that the guests we have on should really be uh, fun for uh, everybody to listen to.
1: All right, and that's going to be every Tuesday morning, the Ross Grimsley Show at 9 o'clock in the morning before Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, you'll be here in the studio, and I will be with you on most Tuesdays, and we'll go about 35, 40 minutes every Tuesday morning, right?
10: Perfect. That's even. If, if we get long-winded, it could be longer, it, I would imagine, but hopefully be, we'll keep it at that.
1: It could be a pinch longer than that. We've got to be out yeah, by right. 10 because of the Glenn Clark show. Exactly. But, but exactly. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it all on the Ross Grimsley Show. Ross, I got to ask you one question just to give people uh, wet their beaks uh, and and wet their appetite for what what kind of things you're going to bring to the table. Would the Orioles be wise right now, with four quality starts in their first 33 games, to employ the opener strategy? Your thoughts?
10: I, I tell you, well, I'm not a I'm not a big uh, thing on the, on the openers, but. You know, with the starting pitching the way it is, and, and not only with the Orioles but all of baseball, uh, usually your fifth starter—that's somewhere where you can uh, you can employ that uh, that opener. But uh, you know, and, and I don't like the opener. I call it a bullpen day, basically. And uh, you have to make sure that you have some starters uh, in between, or you know, after and before your bullpen that don't wipe out the, the, that don't
1: wipe out the bullpen
10: exactly right you take a risk so you got to make sure uh, you know you would have uh, possibly a cashner before the way he's been pitching of late you'd have him before or after the opener right. so it' give your bullpen a chance but you get especially the the first uh, game of a series you want to you want to get into their bullpen they want to get into your bullpen and if that happens a lot of runs score you're wasted uh, you wait to s- some guys but you know what's really important in this day and age now is your 40-man roster. You got to get some quality guys to, uh, uh, to to back up your your starting or your your staff. Basically, you got a 13, 12, 13-man pitching staff. You got to have some guys in the uh, in the minor leagues that are ready to come up. You know, and and they for a short time and and spell the guys and give them a break. But the team with the uh, you know with the best 40-man roster, I think, is the team that's going to you know really probably survive. But pitching is such a a big part now nowadays and uh I mean you get it's everywhere where the pitching has really been uh struggling the, the um uh the baseball that's another thing we'll get into that I'm saving that for later about right. the way the baseballs are but uh yeah it's uh it it's interesting but the opener i, I see a place on oh, this bullpen. now you got me saying opener yeah <laughs> but you're gonna anyways. get you we're gonna
1: get you saying it
10: I know, that There's a lot of terms now that are new that you know we didn't hear about years and years ago. But it's the way they use things now. But yeah, it's uh, it's something that I think uh, with the pitching the way it is, it's something that you basically got to have. And hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, you've got a 13, 12 man staff that's uh, some quality guys that can go out and uh, and save your your team.
1: All right, well, it all starts Tuesday morning at uh, 9 a.m. Uh, we'll see you here bright and early Tuesday morning for the Ross Grimsley Show at Facebook Live. And by going to Facebook Live, you got to go to facebook.com slash pressboxsports to watch it and like it and share it. All right, Ross, thank you. Got it, buddy. All right, there you go. That show will also be, that show will also be, now my mic doesn't sound like it's on right now. Now, we will uh, be broadcasting that show every Tuesday morning from the Live Casino Hotel Studios.
2: Absolutely. And
1: Josh Soroka due to join us in about five or six minutes. I was going
2: to say, you couldn't have a better person to analyze uh, what's going on with the Orioles, talk about pitching, talk about things that are happening around Major League Baseball than Ross Grimsley. Good guy.
1: Really good guy. Really gotten to know him well over the last two and a half, three years. Really good guy. Did not know that he was around here all these years. Uh-huh. Really funny. But uh, Summers, he was always working for the San Francisco Giants as a minor league pitching coach.
2: Right. So, uh, but like I said, as far as pitching, very few know the game better than Ross, and uh, it's going to be good to have him as part of the team. All right. Listen up, moms and dads, all season
1: long, kids. Ages nine and under, cheer free at Oriole Park. That's right. Visit Orioles.com slash kids free for the details and bring your kids to cheer free at the yard. And also, don't forget on Sunday afternoons after the ball game, kids can run the bases. Right. For and,
2: and sometimes that's better than maybe what you saw during the game. <laughs> yeah. <That's> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes.
1: Uh, have you ever run the bases after the games? No. Would they allow you? No. No? Okay. No. Because Molesky and I, we really think about it. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to be joined by Josh Siroka of uh, Section 336. He's got some interesting, uh, life-changing news.
2: Uh-huh. Uh So we'll but, find out what that is. Yeah, but I'm, I'm hearing... I mean, we know, but... Yeah,
1: but I'm hearing that it's not going to affect Section 336. Well,
2: that's good, because we wouldn't want it to. Yeah.
1: Because we were going to start Section three (laughs) thirty seven. That's right, Craig Heist and I were going to start that. Craig, uh, that game last night, by the way, one of my favorite players in all of baseball, and I've not met him, but I was really hoping the Orioles were going to sign Stephen Vogt. Uh huh. uh, Because that thing the A's fans started to chant, "We believe in Steve," I believe in Stephen Vogt. Mm -hmm. You ever see that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he's been injured for a good while. He got back, uh, just activated, I think, Thursday. He hits a two-out solo home run in Cincinnati. The relief pitcher, I think it was Iglesias, uh, retired the first two batters in the inning. Two outs, they're ahead 11-10, to and Stephen Vogt goes deep, and then they win it on a home run by Evan Longoria in the 11th inning. Mm-hmm. But they were ahead 10-3 to at one point in time were the um, the, um, Cincinnati Reds. They got two three-run homers from Derek Dietrich.
2: Yeah, and uh, like Mel said, the Reds uh, are a team that was supposed to score a ton of runs, and their pitching wasn't supposed to be that good. Well, it's kind of turned out to be the opposite for them, uh, and they are in last place seven games out uh, in the Central, but it's really weird to see how that, uh, perceived club coming out of spring training has turned out to produce, you know, not so well offensively but better in the pitching department because I don't think a lot of people expected that.
1: Well, it was something last night to see a team blow a 10-3 to lead, uh, yeah. especially to a team like the San Francisco Giants who kept fighting, kept picking away, and uh, finally won it on that solo home run by Evan Longoria uh, in the 11th inning off of Jared Hughes who pitched briefly – for the Orioles about three years ago, right? Yep. He was with the Orioles about four days, something like that.
2: Something like that. Uh, it's interesting tonight uh, whether or not, well, first of all, we got to get the game in, but uh, they are starting uh, their opener, if you will, and uh, I'm looking for Dylan Bundy to try, to try to get some things going here location-wise and pitching deeper in the games and the velocity isn't where it needs to be. Uh, and, and I think because the velocity isn't where it needs to be, Dylan's got to find other ways to learn how to be a more efficient pitcher because he's got the stuff. Now, it might not be 95, 96, but he's got the stuff. And I mean, he can pinpoint to just, you know, either side of the plate. He's got to learn how to, you know, he's he's got to reinvent himself a little bit.
1: He's got to reinvent himself, but when you say he can pinpoint, I think that's the problem. So much of well, his stuff, that's what I mean. if he doesn't have the volo- the electric velocity, you really have to be pinpointing, pin-pointing your right. control. And he hasn't been Well, today. he
2: hasn't been, and he's going to have to learn it. I mean, if the velocity is truly gone, right? you know, to where we we were used to seeing, and for whatever reason... Then he's got to figure it out. But, I mean, you know, because this is a guy, between him and Kashner, and I know a lot of people thought maybe Cobb as well. It's beginning uh, to look like that's a sunk That's a sunken ship right now. Yeah. But, I mean, these are guys that, you know, hopefully the Orioles were were hoping would be pitching pretty decently that, uh, you know, when the trade deadline rolls around, you can wind up getting rid of these guys and bringing in other prospects and maybe some, some new pitching. Yeah. Uh, and right now, though, it's hard to see hard any to of see those that, three right.
1: guys. Maybe Kashner, which is surprising. If you'd ask me to rank, which of the three would be most he, desirable, he would be the third I, I would have had him yeah. third, but right now he's number one. Right. All right. Uh, joining us right now is uh, somebody who's become a friend. I'm always making new friends in the business. Is uh, Josh Soroka of Section 336? Josh, how are you?
2: Yeah, and really quick, b- right. really quick. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you? Is that reciprocated? I mean, really, if if Stan is you know making new friends, that means you have to be his friend too. So, does that does that go both ways?
11: <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, all right. Yeah. Good enough.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And then he <laughs> just runs away from the joke because it's a very failed attempt. Yeah. At your mind. What do you yeah. want to do? Josh and I are Q-tip tight. Okay. That's more than I needed All to know. Right. That's, a bru- <laughs> that's a Bruce Lairdism. That's cute really, tight. That really is. All right. Hey, joining us now is Josh Soroka from Section 336. So the other day, I see this picture of uh, what uh, St. Augustine, Florida, which I got to be honest with you, I had never really paid attention to uh, before, but I had a cousin of mine who went there on a vacation like two weeks ago. Is that the oldest city in Florida?
11: Uh, I have no idea.
1: Okay. So, I know it's an
11: old city. I know it's got a it's got a lot of history in it. Okay. Uh, What's important to me is that it's in between Daytona and Jacksonville, which is where my new job will be. So that's why I'm moving to Saint Augustine.
1: All right. So what? Tell us a little. Are you are you able to tell us what your new job is, or is that private?
11: No. I, I mean, no. I I work in a different industry. I do design like smart homes and electronics for like for homes so you can turn on all your TVs and lights and air conditioning with like a touch screen or voice control, stuff, stuff like that. Right. So I'm going down there to manage a company doing that and uh, helping their company grow. Down so
1: is, there. It, is it sort of like uh, it's something that's installed, like an alarm system or something, you guys install it, and then somebody has to know how to manage it if it goes haywire?
11: Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of it goes into new homes and it's like a computer that manages everything in your house.
1: All right, that so sounds really it's, exciting.
11: Now it's what stuff is it? That? That you'd Go see ahead. in the movies years ago that's now like a real thing and we are in the future now with it.
1: All right. So tell us how is that going to impact section 336? Is it going to be one less person?
11: Uh no, section 336 is going to continue the podcast. We'll continue. I am still going to be just as involved uh, as ever. Thanks to technology, we can do it from anywhere. So that's what we're going to do is I'll continue to be a part of that. It means I won't get to as many Oriole games next year. Right. But uh, that's okay. I now's t- the time, I guess, to take yeah, a Yeah, now's break.
1: the time to, 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 to look into that. Hey, Um. so tell me a little bit about the technology. The, the guys, Bert and Matt, your partners and, and family – in section 336 will they both be at one location or all three are you going to be at different locations now
11: we will all three of us be at different locations which is which is how we've been doing off season shows anyway so it's not too much of a change
1: okay so do i get to come to saint augustine each year now to be on the show once a year
11: you I know can, what I'll do? I'll come. I'll come to Sarasota when you're down there.
1: All right, that sounds and we'll good.
11: Meet up and that's how. That's how we'll make it work.
1: All right, that sounds now, good.
11: Now maybe I can make a pitch. Now with the whole Masson dispute and the Orioles losing, right. maybe the Orioles want to move to St. Augustine.
1: That's. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But we'll I, see. Right. And and you know we're not so sure yet. How that whole thing is going to play out? The, the Orioles may have a, um, a trump card.
11: I'm sure card. there's more
1: appeals. I'm sure there's appeals and perhaps countersuits uh, involved yep. in this thing, uh, where you could end up seeing the Orioles sue Major League Baseball before it's all over. Because believe me, I've been as direction. I've been as critical as anybody of Peter Angelos. But how in the world this this whole deal got turned around? Uh, where the Orioles did end up losing one-third of their attendance. And we can argue that maybe had they put a better club on the field from 2005 till now, they, they wouldn't have lost all one-third of it. But the reality is we also are living in a world that the Orioles had no control of, where the Freddie Gray riots took place. And um, it's been a different, quite a different reality. And I don't quite understand how the Orioles are taking a bath on this thing.
11: Yeah, well, the, the the riots in the year since then is way more recent when we saw an immediate drop in attendance and business sponsorships as soon as the Nationals came into town. So
1: No, there's no question clear. about that, but, but you would have thought that had the club played better, you would have gotten the bounce back, and they were in the midst of that bounce back when the Freddie Gray situation occurred, and that has totally, you know, totally... Yeah. C- taking it in a different direction.
11: Maybe. I yeah. think that the putting up the uh, biggest, worst record in baseball affected the attendance more than the Freddie Gray riots. But there is something about uh, the corruption in the city of Baltimore, even now this yep. week with the mayor resigning, yep. that needs to be addressed. And the Orioles are doing their part to say, hey, we're a tourist attraction. We're bringing people to the city. But if the city doesn't want to improve and clean up its act, that does make it tougher on
2: the Orioles. No question about it, correct? No, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things, that Stan said, that have gone into this. Uh, but, again, when you stop to think about the the initial agreement, right. uh, which was set down, uh, and look, I mean, in my mind, this has never stopped. The Nationals from spending money, right? The learners have probably more yeah. money than Peter, no right. question so, about it. But again, right. you can you can also go back to the 14 straight losing seasons, uh, even before the Nationals got here. You can go back to uh, you, you know last year, sort of sort of the the spillover into this year. But make no mistake about it: from 12 through 16 you know for the most part if the attendance that, was starting to go to, back to, to we, come we back, know it's right. not going
1: to be back to being 3.3 no. or 3 million but two six two, two seven, seven right and that's
2: about what the Nationals have drawn right down through the years right. about two five to two seven depending right. on the year but you but you said it as
1: well as I did. The original intent of this agreement, the creation of Masson and the, mm-hmm. the way it was set up was for Peter Angelos to not suffer damages
2: and now it seems like that's been tossed out the out the window. Out the window. Well, and a, and a couple of things I think have have happened. TV uh TV contracts have exploded. T- TV contracts have exploded. The fact that Bud Selig is no longer the commissioner and Rob Manfred is mm-hmm. and uh you know, that's certainly one of the reasons why this whole dispute is one of the reasons why uh the Orioles didn't get the All-Star game a couple of years ago and and DC did get it. Right. You know, right. so I mean, it's it, it it's all inter, intertwined, interwoven, whatever word you want to use. Uh, but but again, uh, winning will cure all ills. I think for the most part, and it's going to be a while before the Orioles win again. But make no mistake about it, from 12 to 16, I mean, I've never heard that place any louder than during. The- the, the playoffs. The, the against playoffs when, when Delman Young hit that three-run double. Yep. You know to beat the Tigers yep. uh, in in the second game. I mean that thing was. I mean uh, that place rocked. And, and 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 it hasn't rocked like that since early on when the place first opened. The first six seven years of the place where yep. there were always sellouts.
11: Yeah. Well, that's the one situation the Orioles can control. Yes. If they can put together a team and win games people will show up. It's always going to be that way.
1: No question about it. We're talking to Josh Soroka. Josh, so we're 33 games into this season. Uh, your thoughts, both positive and negative, on uh, where the club's at this year? Uh,
11: uh, so, positives. Let's see. Um, Trey Mancini.
1: Positive. We're 33 games on right. the way to ending the season. Exactly. <laughs>
11: every, every day is closer <laughs> to the rebuild finishing. Yeah, uh, no. The positive is Trey Mancini, and the, and it he's having such a good year that it really uh, it, it brings up more questions than answers as if Trey is part of the future and if if we can expect this production to continue or is this the time to trade him? There's lots of questions now with Trey Mancini because he's doing so well and because. He is now an everyday outfielder, pretty much. And how does that fit into the team in the future, especially if you're focused on analytics and defense?
2: And the other part of yeah. this, too, for me is, uh, you know, with with everything that we've been talking about, the, on this team is what Trey Mancini is accomplishing this year. Is it even getting noticed is my, my point to a lot of this. And I, I think with Oriole fans it is. But it's kind, of, it's kind of hard around the country to see this guy and, and, and look at the numbers and not be impressed. Now, the one thing I will say about, and obviously first bases is, is his best position, but even in right field last night, uh, his arm is not adequate enough to be a right fielder. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. Right.
11: And the other positive, or another positive I'd take from this year is trying to evaluate what analytics are doing to the Orioles, what's changing with how they do things, and we don't have much answers yet. Yeah. But they did something to fix Chris Davis. Because the past 3 weeks he's hitting over 300.
4: Yeah.
11: After an abysmal month and months and months and a lot yeah. of that was bad luck, but for suddenly to start to come together, I think they've had to find something to help fix Sam. It's still early. He can still slump. We've seen this before, but I'm trying to take that as a positive of They're showing him something. They found something on tape. They're doing – they're starting to use analytics.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. And, and, you know, if if for no other reason, you know, to have him swinging the bat decently again, uh, I mean, are are, are we going to see numbers like we saw in the past? I don't think so. But to have him be able to produce and be a run producer again and and hit for a little bit of average – uh, means a lot, not just for the team, but also for him mentally and his state of mind. Because, you know, uh, during that slump, that had to be just devastating for him. Uh, and, and we've talked about it a lot on this show, just stand the fact that whatever was going on with him uh, certainly was between the ears, you know, in, in terms of trying to battle his way out of this. Well, it's uh, it's been it's been interesting, and that,
1: that is an interesting assessment, Josh. That they probably have come up with something that has helped them, uh, but I, I'm waiting to see the improvement in some pitchers that yeah. I was looking for. And it's funny in spring training, I thought that somehow they had waved the magic wand of analytics and convinced Mike Wright that he could pitch. Uh, and that proved to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, misguided. And the yeah. starting pitching, uh, I'm I'm amazed that Bundy hasn't been better uh, with the help of these guys. So um, it does yeah, remain to I be seen. That's
11: yeah, I think I think the fact that they couldn't, that they can't get Dylan Bundy going, is a big red flag on Dylan Bundy. Yeah, I think I know that they are flooding the pitchers with analytics right now. Yep. Um, even in the minors and down at uh I talked to a guy down at extended spring training where he said, he's never seen this much data that they're given the pictures. Mm-hmm. And that's great, but we haven't seen it really. As far as we can tell, we haven't seen it show up on, at Camden Yards yet. And I still hold out hope, but you're right. I bought into Mike Wright as well and thought, wow, this, they did something to Mike right, Wright. Right. But, uh,
1: you know, That's at the end of the it day, so it's
11: 33 days.
1: at the end of the at the end of the day, Josh. It is hard to change what's inside somebody's head, and if uh, they're gonna sort of sort of battle against the tide uh, and not accept it or not be able to apply it, uh, what they're learning, uh, you're gonna get some of the same results and maybe even some cases worse. Josh, we really appreciate your being on with us this morning. Uh, glad to hear Section 336 is going to stay alive. When are you leaving for uh, St. Augustine?
11: Uh, July 1st. I start down there. So All two right. more months, so I'll be getting in plenty of baseball games. So I'm right. head down there tonight and hopefully see my first win.
2: Now, bring, it, bring an umbrella.
1: Now, how far is St. Augustine from Tampa, St. Pete? I think
11: it's three uh, three hours, yeah, wow. if I understand okay. it.
1: Yeah. All right. Josh, yeah. many thanks, and best of luck with the move, and I'll see you before you get out of town.
11: All right. All right. You Thank go, you guys. all
2: right. You go right down right down ninety five and hit four and take four across the state into Orlando and then down towards Sarasota okay. from there.
1: You've been to Saint Augustine?
2: Yeah. Passed by it all the time. Nice when city? You, yeah. Yeah.
1: I hear it's good really
2: a great, it's really not, great
1: area. Not many places in Florida aren't that. All right. Yeah. We're gonna take a uh, time out now and yeah. we'll tell you that uh we've got to tell you about Jerry's. That's what we gotta tell you about. And we'll also remind you that uh, we are broadcasting live from the live casino hotel studios. The Press Box High School Lacrosse Show is sponsored by Jerry's Tire. Located in Baltimore City, just steps away from Little Italy and historic Jonestown. Jerry's not only sells all the major brand tires like Bridgestone, Michelin, and Continental, but is your go-to shop for everything from oil changes to factory scheduled maintenance. All repairs are backed by a nationwide warranty. The team over at Jerry's has been serving the Baltimore area for over 62 years, and they're eager to earn your business. Give them a call at 410-685-4330 or visit them online at jerrystires.com The shop for tires and schedule an appointment. That's G-E-R-R-Y-S tires.com, jerrystires.com.
5: It's a weekend full of fun at Oriole Park. May 11th after the game, movie night begins with a special viewing of a league of their own. The first 20,000 fans get an exclusive There's No Crying in Baseball t-shirt presented by United Concordia. On May 12th, bring mom to the ballpark for a special Mother's Day celebration. The first 20,000 fans 18 and over get a Mother's Day infinity bracelet. Two great events in one special weekend. For more information and tickets, visit orioles.com.
3: Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate at Camden Yards. Sliders Bar & Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for baseball season. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. You can also book your private parties at Sliders with great spaces upstairs and on the outdoor patio overlooking Camden Yards. See every Orioles game on dozens of TVs and stop by before or after home games. Sliders, Baltimore's neighborhood sports bar. See them at slidersbaltimore.com and be sure to visit Sliders today.
0: One third of crash fatalities in Maryland are due to impaired driving. Don't be a statistic. Be legendary. What does it mean to be legendary? It means always making a plan to choose a sober driver or be one. Never drinking, then getting behind the wheel. Making sure to get a ride for yourself and your friends if needed. Always speaking up and taking the keys from an impaired driver. Remember, sober drivers save lives. This safety message is brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation. Visit BeLegendaryMD.com.
7: Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army.
1: The latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover. David Ginsburg profiles new Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta and how he's risen to this opportunity over the last two decades. Plus, Bo Smolka looks back on the career of former Ravens star Haloti Nada, including his off-the-field impact and his chances of reaching the Hall of Fame. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at Pressbox. On- online.com.
8: Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer here from Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, you know, I'm regularly asked by folks about how we get so many great guests on our show. Well, I, I work really
7: hard to get some of the biggest names on with us.
8: I know you do, and the world recognizes it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger guests on the show moving forward.
7: Okay. Who do you
8: have in mind? Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? Oh. Or, or how about Leonardo DiCaprio? Or, or Lady Gaga? Maybe Barack Obama? Uh... You know what? I'll settle for Wilt Chamberlain. Glenn, I think he died.
7: What? Yeah, like 20 years ago.
8: So that's a maybe?
7: Maybe Jabba Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at pressboxonline.com slash radio and facebook.com slash sports No one wants to talk to Jabba Chamberlain. If trying something new was a bad idea, many of us would still be wearing polyester. This message is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You may know us for our great burgers and wings, but Glory Days pros. Mix it up with the fresh cedar plank salmon. Cut in-house and grilled to perfection. Or sizzling and juicy steaks. Meaty ribs. We have handcrafted salads and sandwiches by our talented chefs. Change tastes good. We promise. Experience the Glory Days Grill menu in all its glory. Glory Days Grill. Great food good sports
1: you are back uh, with the bat around stan the fan and craig heist and there'll be no here.
2: and there'll be no late bringing us back in on the mic or anything like that i'm yeah. just saying
1: he's a uh, he's missing something when we when we get back on the air yeah fingers yeah. i think <laughs> yeah i think
2: it's fingers yeah
1: <laughs> this is the bat around we're broadcasting from the live casino hotel studio And joining us right now from the left coast is an old friend, uh, Andy Dolich, sports consultant and um, a person who has worked in every major league sports, uh, you know, sport. Yeah. 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 Football, hockey, NBA, and MLB. Right. And joining us right now is Andy Dolich. Andy, how are you? I'm
12: doing great. Let's not leave out uh, professional soccer, indoor box lacrosse. And working for IMG in the college space.
2: Well, the soccer end of it, you'll 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 have a hard time getting me to uh, you know acknowledge, but okay. Now you also soccer's,
12: <laughs> soccer's growing. Here's today's question: What was the larger attendance last year—the MLS championship between Atlanta and Portland, or the national football championship in college?
2: Oh, well, I'm sure it was soccer.
12: Bingo, MLS soccer.
1: Yeah, MLS that, soccer. That was, now, wait a minute. Was a larger shopping. attendance or watched by more people?
12: Attendance. Attendance. At the, at, at the 73, event. 73,000 and change in Atlanta and 72,000, if I'm correct, at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara.
4: All right.
1: Andy, uh, you know I love you and respect you in in all matters. But you don't want to
12: talk soccer.
1: No, no, I, I, you know, (laughs) no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about something less, less impactful than soccer right now, and that's the, uh, uh, the FAA, the Federation of American Football, or the Alliance. Excuse me, the the
12: the AAF, yes, AAF, which is D O A.
1: Yes. whoa. How, would, how were they able to get that thing off the ground with some smart people and then round out their financing with somebody that was supposedly putting $250 million in, and that person had all the leverage to pull the plug after the first, like, 50 of his money?
2: And let me ask you this, too, while you're answering that. Take the question one step further is just after the first week, I had read a couple of different articles that they couldn't make payroll after the first week.
12: They were definitely late in payroll, and, um, you know, there have been many stories written about what happened. Essentially, it was an idea that had no business strategy.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um,
12: One of the areas that completely confounds me is that everyone keeps talking about, hey, we need more football. We need 12 months of football if you really analyze the NFL with all the challenges that they have, they've done a great job in 12 months of football from the combine to the draft to free agency, litter and training. The,
4: o- the OTAs, started.
1: yeah, the
12: OTAs. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's not much time that there isn't um, a constant drumbeat of NFL football, even if they're not playing games. And there's something called – College football, I heard a rumor of it. They produce a <laughs> lot of great players, Yeah. and they go into the pros. So the whole concept of the Development League, a la the NBA's G League, which is okay, but still it's college basketball and college football that are creating these great players, creating the in- immense backstories like Tyler Murray, etc., and so creating another football league, you want to look at history? It's littered with dead leagues that have tried to go up. And, and now, you know, we have XFL next with Vince McMahon, incredibly deep pockets, which the AAF clearly didn't have. Um, and they're starting next year. And they've failed once before in the middle of the season. So and there's another one called Pacific Pro. Uh, I guess Richie, who's Tom Brady's agent, is leaving that one. In the AAF's case, clearly their understanding of how much response they'd get. When I saw where they were playing, 50,000-plus-seat stadiums, and knowing some presidents in the league, there was no connectivity between the football side, Bill Polian, who's Mm -hmm. well-respected, and the business side. And in a place like Memphis, You know, you had, ladies and gentlemen, today's attendance is 43,000 people not here at today's game. (laughs) Dead. You know, you're dead. Right,
4: right.
1: Interesting. Uh, I just, when I heard the term, and I'm certainly not the world's best businessman, but when I heard, well, we've got venture capital, I thought that venture capital meant you were sort of deep-pocketed, but I agree with you there's a real disconnect between – the concept of what they were trying to bring you in terms of football and what they were doing from a marketing and uh, business exactly. side.
12: Exactly. Charlie Ebersol, who knows what he's doing, Bill Polian, again, a great body of work. Yep. But in the people that I talk to who have the difficult responsibility of selling product for a new league, zippity doo doc communication between the football side and right. the business side and again, when you chose these venues of 50 to 60,000 seats, right. Um, then people who are coming look around and see the empty seats and go, "What am I missing? Why am I here?" Right, right. Um, so so sorry, going, I mean, against the, going against the NFL is, is not a brilliant proposition.
1: You know, the, the thing that fooled me is that I thought this with Bill Polian's involvement and Ebersol's involvement, I thought that they they got more than a wink and a nod from the NFL that the I think the NFL really supported this effort and wanted it to succeed for one major reason. I think the NFL the biggest problem they have from a from a quality of product standpoint is the quarterback play after you get past the first 10 or 12 guys is so bad and then when you get past the top 20 guys uh, it really is bad, is that I thought they really felt that this is the way to develop quarterback play by getting players to be able to take snaps and repeat and learn how to run offenses. I really thought it was a necessity for the NFL.
12: That may be correct, Stan. I looked at it from my uh, DNA injected into me being born in Brooklyn yeah. that the NFL would sort of make-believe that it was cooperating with this league mm-hmm. so that if any antitrust uh, suits were ever bought, okay. they didn't have
1: to worry about okay. that. Okay, very good point, very good point. Well, anyway, it is, uh, it is the field is littered with uh, dead, dead football leagues, and the uh, AAF is one of them. Uh, you wrote a very interesting piece, and I apologize. Normally, I come in on Saturday morning, print the piece, and give it to Craig Heist, And I have a copy in front of me to read. Uh, My computer in my office was kaplooey this morning. You wrote a piece about whether it's a smart business move that John Fisher's trying to make with the city of Oakland or a hidden ball trick. Can you explain to our listenership what exactly is going on vis-a-vis the new stadium possibility in Oakland, California?
12: Sure. Uh, John Fisher has been the owner of the Oakland A's for 13 years. The A's are now in their fifth targeted new concept for a baseball park. Uh, The others have failed or dried up or nothing's ever happened. And people know that the Oakland Coliseum is the last place that two professional teams are playing on one field, Raiders and the A's. That's going to end after... This coming season when the Raiders move to Las Vegas.
1: Are there, the, the, Raider, is, the Raiders are playing there one more year, right?
12: Yeah, okay. and based upon the level of completion of the Vegas Dome, right, it could possibly be two. But okay. most people are saying this coming season and then they're gone. And as we know, the Warriors are moving to their new brilliant $1 billion arena. In September, when this season is over, whether it's a championship or less than that.
2: Now that's in, in San Francisco, to... right?
12: Right, yeah, yeah, it's Chase Center. It's about a mile from uh, where Oracle Park, which most Giants fans know as AT&T, in the same area. And it's unbelievably vibrant. But back to Howard Terminal, the A's have said that they want to build a 34,000-seat ballpark Um, In Howard Terminal, which is in the midst of a working port, a major Mm -hmm. maritime force of nature that generates thousands of jobs and hundreds of millions of dollars, a container port, fifth largest on the West Coast. The A's do not own the land at the port. There's a major level of complexity in terms of what they're going to have to do to build the stadium, in terms of transportation, there's three rail lines that bisects that uh, and 10 lanes of a major freeway from downtown Oakland to the port, which is near Jack London Square, mm-hmm. which is, you know, restaurant retail. Right. And the A's, you know, have a multiple year lease at the Coliseum where they currently play. The concept of the editorial that I wrote is that with the amount of money and the amount of time, the A's have proudly said they hope to play in 2023 in their new ballpark. Okay. Now, in the nanosecond world of the Bay Area, 2023 might as well be 3023. Like, what are you doing for me by Sunday? Not what are you doing by 2023. Right. So the concept is that the A's have said that they would spend $600 million, all private, from John Fisher, to build their new ballpark. Most observers, architects, construction people say that their Howard Terminal concept is at least a billion dollars. Right. And Fisher has not said, oh, I'm in for a billion dollars. So is there a hidden ball trick opportunity where they keep talking about Howard Terminal? Then when they don't believe that they can build it, the A's have an offer of $85 million for 50%. I don't want to get too complicated Mm -hmm. here, but 50% of the current Oakland Coliseum. And that is jointly owned by the city of Oakland and Alameda County. The A's are buying or hope to buy out the county's half okay. at $85 million. And that land is worth a heck of a lot more than $170 million. Right. So if the A's own a half of the Coliseum land and Howard Terminal doesn't happen, they go, Oh, hey, we own half of this land. Why don't we buy the city's half? We own all of it. We'll build a new ballpark. We'll build trans—you know—we'll mm-hmm. build retail. We'll build housing, and we'll have a site that will be worth a billion dollars.
1: Where where so am the- I where am I wrong? I thought that they would only build the Howard Terminal Stadium, Howard Port the port. Uh, right. The, if they were allowed to buy the development rights to the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. And
12: and that is where this gets really super slippery and complicated. The A's have a very um, sort of undeveloped plan for their development at the Coliseum. Okay. And the concept is the money that we may get on our development at the Coliseum will help fund our Howard Terminal site. Okay. Well, that's great, but they're not starting to do anything at the Coliseum. Right. So how do they generate money for Howard Terminal um, if, in fact, they're not developing any revenue sources at the Coliseum? Now, it may very well be that Fisher goes, hey, I'm worth close to $3 billion. I can wait. Yeah. And, and, And for those people that have visited San Francisco and seen the miracle of the area that uh, is around Giant Stadium and now Chase Center which is the Warriors Arena and the massive facility of the University of California SF Medical Center which is a world class place with biomedical uh, sub-leases um, they would see what is possible in Oakland and, and my point is Yes, the A's could make that purchase for $170 million. It's worth lots more than that. And what I've never understood is why the A's don't already, why the A's already aren't starting to build their stadium at the Coliseum, at the Coliseum and do sorry. all the other revenue generation. It, it just makes no sense.
1: So is the county signed off on being willing to sell their, their half of that site for $85 million? They are,
12: they are signed off as of last week, okay. but I believe, not being a lawyer, that there's still some hurdles based upon the city owning the other half.
1: Right. It seems like the most practical thing would be for the city of Oakland and the A's to partner on that deal, and, and therein lies the rub to me.
12: Right. And the mayor, Libby Schaff of Oakland, right, has said she is a major proponent of Howard Terminal in the ultimate A's vision of what that could mean in community growth. And I don't I don't discount that. Right. But anybody would tell you and, and over the last two weeks a number of major officials of the maritime industry have come out a hundred percent against Howard Terminal knowing that it would shrink the size of the terminal hence lose jobs yeah and you know when you're going against the International Longshoremen's Union the Teamsters and all the toxic remediation and other um, challenges that you have when you're building on the water or near the water it's not just the money it's the time yeah so (laughs) It's always fun for me to talk to you guys in Baltimore on something that is one of the longest sagas of it's, ballpark uh, legalese that I think anybody's seen in a while.
1: So let me ask you a question for big picture, not just Oakland the same thing in different in a different dramas taking place in Tampa that they seem mm-hmm. no closer to a stadium right Is there a point at which the commissioner, could sort of step in and sort of say, hey, you guys are free to move to where you want when your leases are up?
12: As we've talked before on the show, the fluid that flows through the veins of professional sports is green. Yes. Um, And if you look at any commissioner's job, their primary responsibility is to grow the net asset value of the franchises make the owners who are rich even richer and that's fair that's the american way so if you look at portland which has been in the news a lot about trying to build a ballpark without a team but they have some serious people involved in that effort in portland yeah and other cities around the country and even montreal well i'd go one better if it were me and i was a multi-billionaire i'd I'd be in Mexico City, the largest city in the world that has an interest in baseball, that has significant revenue, that has sponsors, that is a cosmopolitan city. Uh, um, and, and, I, and and
1: ironically, the Astros and Angels are playing in Monterrey this weekend. Right,
12: yeah. right. I've seen all of the commercials. And, and so I don't doubt that... Um, This ongoing soap opera in Tampa and Oakland will not last forever Mm -hmm. because other owners will look at these teams. I mean, the A's, um, you know, they won big last night in Pittsburgh, but they had just lost six. They come home this week. Their attendance is already, you know, in the bottom 10% of Major League Baseball like they've been in the past because everybody's just waiting for a new ballpark, even though the A's have a really good young team. And one of the great secrets of baseball, our Chris Davis, is the leading home run hitter in baseball in the last few years. And very few people even know how to spell his first name.
1: All right. Andy, always uh, informative and entertaining. We will uh, have you on as events Warren on the left coast.
12: Dan, uh, we need to at least give homage to David Rubenstein, whose daughter Molly is getting married in the next few weeks, and uh, we wish him the best. And also, I'd like to say hello to all my friends back there in the
1: Washington-Baltimore corridor. All right. You have a lot of people that are friends of yours back here. You used to work for the Capitals. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year?
12: You know, my- our sharks. That game that they won against the Knights was truly one of the greatest sporting events I've seen. When they came back and uh, they were dead and buried. They've got a lot of talent, uh, but looks like Carolina's good. Um, I'm not a hockey. Uh, I'm not a hockey expert. I can't even figure out who's going to win the Derby this afternoon.
1: I'm so, Tacitus. Who do you got? Tacitus, the eight horse. The uh, horse won, the horse is there won. a
12: horse? Is there a horse called Code of Honor?
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah.
12: Okay, I'm going with Code of Honor. Why? Because Omaha Beach, World War II, soldiers, Code of Honor. Omaha Beach was the favorite and was scratched. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, code of honor. We'll talk about it in the future. All
1: right. Have a good one. stay well. All right. Okay, bye. All right. Let's uh, tell folks about the Costas Inn.
2: All right, Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. Great specials on the menu each and every week. Monday crab cake night, rib night on Tuesday night. Steak night on Wednesday night. That's right, and lobster on Thursday Thursday night, and it was on the menu again last night, and also uh, had great uh, rockfish and shrimp last night. Also, can tell you that uh, they are holding a raffle as well over at Costasin. The drawing is May the 20th, 2019, and you can win a bushel of steam crabs, 10 pounds of steam shrimp, one case of Budweiser, one case of Coors Light. Ten dollars a ticket, three for twenty-five, and you can. And make, what does the money go to? It? I'm assuming it could be the Tom Lambros, because uh, oh. the Celebrity Golf Tournament is uh, coming it's up. Coming up, okay. Yep. So uh, there, there'll be that, and you can just buy tickets. I'm sure right there at the window uh, at Costa Inn. All right. Forty-one hundred North Point Boulevard. That sounds good. When we come back, yes. Uh, since it is Kentucky Derby Day, and I know you have, I think, one more spot to read. Yeah, that is correct, sir. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we, we w- want you to read that spot, but then when we come back, since it is Kentucky Derby Day, we have a little story about some Kentucky Derby news. All
1: right. The latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover. David Ginsburg profiles new Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta and how he's risen to this opportunity over the last two decades. Plus, PostMolka looks back on the career of former Ravens star Haloti Nada, including his off-the-field impact and his chances of reaching the Hall of Fame. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. I like world-famous chicken. You like world-famous chicken. We all like Royal Farms'
0: world-famous chicken. Why? Because Royal Farms' world-famous chicken's always fresh, never frozen. Because it's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices. Because it's cooked on the spot, right in the store. And because it's the juiciest, best-tasting chicken on the planet. That's why everyone likes Royal Farms' world-famous chicken. Western fries, too. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
7: Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army.
4: Section
0: 336 here with all your Baltimore sports talk. The Raven season is now done, but the Orioles season is just ahead. We have a new GM. We have a new manager. We have a few new baseball players out there. Reason for optimism.
11: I don't know if you can name any of those new players. And I think we won 40-some <laughs> games last year.
0: Yeah, but I remember a terrible year in 1988 where we were able to turn it around the very next year in 1989. Why not 2019? Why yeah, not? why not?
11: Why not check out Section 336 at section336.com, Facebook, or on Twitter and iTunes as well. Just search for Section 336.
1: The latest edition of Press Box is available now on the cover. David Ginsburg profiles new Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta and how he's risen to this opportunity over the last two decades. Plus, Bo Smolka looks back on the career of former Ravens star Haloti Nada, including his off-the-field impact and his chances of reaching the Hall of Fame. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at Press Box on
7: the glory days grill to go menu is based on a simple reality you can't spend your whole life at glory days grill your boss wouldn't like it and neither would your kids or your dog so come to glory days and get your food to go on your way to soccer practice or to the office or to well wherever we know the hardest part of visiting glory days grill is leaving but at least you take a little piece of us wherever you go glory days grill great food, good sports.
8: As the weather heats up, the menu at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square cools down. Introducing the all-new Frosted Key Lime, a fun twist on one of America's favorite pies. The new treat is a hand-spun combination of Chick-fil-A's signature ice cream, Chick-fil-A lemonade and natural sugar-free lime flavoring made from a blend of key limes, coffer limes and Persian limes. Frosted Key Lime gets its green color from a mix of nutrient rich ingredients. Download the Chick-fil-A app today, place your order and and get points towards free stuff at our Chick-fil-A, Nottingham Square. Plus, if you order using your app, your food will be ready when you get there. Stop by Chick-fil-A in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center at 5198 Campbell Boulevard and tell Steve we sent you.
1: All right, we are back for the uh, final segment of the battle
2: round and uh, Craig Heiss has a Kentucky Derby story. Well, it's tied into that, and Brit uh, leaving today, her last day. I figured this would be maybe a good present. To, to, to get her out here. Are you interested in a $200 jar of poop from the 1997 Kentucky Derby winner, Silver Charm? If so, the jars by Kentucky, for Kentucky, went on sale May the 1st. The Lexington Herald-Leader reports that Coleman Larkin, he's an artist, is the mastermind behind this creative crap. Okay? hmm Sales from the Derby turds Is that what it's called? Derby turkeys? We'll go toward Old Friend's Farm in Georgetown, uh, a thoroughbred retirement facility that Silver Charm calls home at this point. Uh, The newspaper says supply uh, of the uh, feces is limited, so make sure you (laughs) order now.
1: Does it come to—
2: Larkin says the most difficult part of the creative project is asking— the type of people that own million-dollar thoroughbreds, if I can please have, have some, some of, some of those <laughs> horse turds to put into <laughs> jars. And they're all in mason jars. <laughs> now, is it a big turd or like a little, like uh, a little well, thing? Well, the, the pictures here are, uh, you know, they're in mason jars. And okay, there's are in you know, that's, some, that's some serious, that's some some serious, serious stuff. Stuff yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So I
1: figured does it come you know like when you buy memorabilia it's it gets at like a like a certificate of authenticity yeah th- that's exactly what i'm talking about i mean we,
2: if not <laughs> Right. We, we got have, a new business. We got, we got a new just, business. Friend. We could <laughs> just, just go, We could just go yard to yard. yard <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly.
1: Well,
5: Craig, if you're trying to gift me poop, then you could just give gift me yourself. Ah, so see there that. we go. Oh, wow. See what a
4: swing what, 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 on the way, a way swing out, out the door. On the way out the door, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to.
1: Hi, mom. <laughs> so the truth comes out, you've never really respected him None. or liked him at no, all. Not at all.
2: No. Never. Okay. No, and but I don't know why. Comes out. How about me?
5: Always. But I don't. I
2: don't know why you got her the job over. Yeah, so I had which is exactly to do
5: why it. I put him down as a recommendation. Well, about. you know, you should. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything. We've enjoyed it's been working a pleasure. with you over the
1: past 18, 19 months, or however. Mm-hmm. How long has it been? Two uh, years? Close to two years? Like,
5: like a year and a half. Year
1: and a half. Yeah. Right. Which what was good. the What was the guy's name that worked before her? <laughs> bon- Bonzo. Bonzer. Bonzer. Bonzer, Something like it. All right. Anyway. Ryan, we'll see you next Saturday morning, bright and early. See you then. All right. Uh, For all of us here at uh, Facebook uh, Live and from the uh, live casino and hotel studios, we bid you adieu and remind you that Ken is on one more time tomorrow morning from 10 to 12 with the Fantasy and Reality Football Show. Don't forget, Glenn Clark Radio this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm hosting Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and um, Ken Zalas is hosting on Wednesday. uh, And the Ross Grimsley Show debuts 9 a.m. on Tuesday morning, also from the Live Casino Hotel studios. That's it. Have a great day, everybody.